What's going on everybody? I go by the name of Ismar Mar, and you are now tuned in to Gem Talk. Barbers! If you've been paying attention to what I've been doing over these last few weeks, you may have noticed that I've decided to rebrand the podcast and take it from being the Barbers Podcast to Gem Talk. And this is actually the second time over the course of my podcasting career that I've rebranded. I initially started the podcast out and we called it Chase Greatness. And then as the Barbers brand started building and growing, I changed it to the Barbers Podcast. And we are now at the evolution of seeing the Barbers Podcast go to Gem Talk. And this has had to happen for a few reasons. Number one, I always preach to you guys how we're more than barbers, right? I think sometimes we get trapped in this box of thinking just as a barber and think everything is about barbering, and we're so much more than that. And one of the main reasons I want to transition into Gem Talk is because I want to expand what I do and the impact I make, and I want to be able to make this impact on more than just the barber industry. So by rebranding the podcast to Gem Talk, I feel like it puts me in a position to be able to have conversations with people outside of the barbering industry, right? And and be able to really grow this thing and evolve this thing into something so much bigger than barbering. That's for one. And for two, y'all done created this. Y'all created Gem Talk. Every time I have a conversation with somebody, I'm always seeing gems in the chat. You guys are always saying that was gems. Every time you share the episode to your stories, you're saying how it was all gems the whole time. So I'm like, you know what? Seeing as we're dropping gems, how can I rebrand this in a way where we emphasize that? Is the same way I created Barbers. The Barbers brand was because of y'all noticing the whole Barbers aspect of everything I was doing. You guys, in the same sense, have created Gem Talk because you notice all the gems being dropped. So moving forward, the conversations will be Gem Talks. As you may have noticed, the artwork has changed. Uh, the title of the podcast has changed. And, you know, we're going to start... Um, expanding on this whole idea of gem talk so this is no longer the barbers podcast even though i'm still going to be having a ton of people who will have had success in the barber industry on the podcast it will be now known as gem talk so with that being said this conversation you're about to listen to is one that i had with the barber guru where we discussed if commission-based barbershops are robbing their barbers. And uh, if you haven't heard it already, I know you guys are going to really, really enjoy this. Uh, you're going to get a lot of insight from this conversation. You're going to learn a lot. So all I ask that you do is to take a screenshot, share it to your story. If you get value out of this episode and make sure you send it to a friend that you feel like will get a lot of value out of this episode as well. All right. So let's get into the gem talk. Barbers. I got my man, the barber guru, with me. What's going on, homie? How you doing? What's up, Marv? You know how I'm doing, man. I'm ready for this. I'm ready. I can feel I your energy. I, I feel you're a little fired up, bro. 
I, I know I gotta cool down a little bit. I gotta cool down. <laughs> I gotta cool down. Can't have the blood Yo, pressure go up. Yo, chat, where you guys uh t- uh t- where are you guys tapping in from? Let us know in the chat. We want to have a nice engaging conversation tonight. Guys, whenever you got questions, shoot your questions. We might not answer your question at the moment that you ask your question, but I'll be starring questions. And then as we're moving throughout the conversation and we start answering questions, I'll make sure I pull up your question. So no matter what your question is, no matter what it has to do with, ask it at any time. It's all good. Don't wait because you might forget. And when we see good questions, I'll be starring them and we'll get back to them at some point. So let's see where everybody's tapping in from real quick. Let me scroll to the top. Oh, we got people from all over, man. We got Rochester. We got Arizona. We got Cali. We got Philly. We got Seattle. All right. We got New York, L.A. in the building, Houston, Jersey, Texas. This is dope. Portland. All right. Beans Career Academy always tapping in. Milford, Delaware, Dallas, Orlando. We got a lot of places, man. San Francisco. All right, so we tapped in. The world is with us. I think they're uh they're here, man, because they they want to hear from you, Joe. Because you went and you went and posted something on Instagram, bro. And I need to pull that up real quick just to give y'all some context of what I'm talking about. Uh, did you guys see this video? This one right here. Let me uh play it real quick. Hold on, the sound is off. Oh, I hear. Let me do it again. Commission shop owners rob their barbers. Blah, 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 blah. That's all I hear. If that was true, then why are there so many unsuccessful chair rental barbers? Commission shop owners rob their barbers. Blah, 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 blah. That's all I hear. If that was true, then why are there so many unsuccessful chair rental barbers? So, so... That was a a, a seven, eight second video, bro, that um, caused a stir. And let me actually pull up my page real quick, because what I ended up doing was I I took that and I turned it into a post on my page where I posted our commission based barbers, uh, barbershops robbing their barbers. And man, the comment section (laughs) went crazy i know it's probably not gonna let me load it all up but last time i checked it i think it was like nearly 300 comments of people saying a whole bunch of stuff so we just figured like you know what we gotta go live and talk about it so joe let me ask you bro what inspired that video where did that come from bro it came from years and years of hearing it constantly, you know, and I, I would hope that as time goes on in this barber industry, that that mindset changes, but it's, it's almost like it's, it's either stayed the same or gotten worse, you know? So I was like, you know what? A lot of times the videos I make are just what I'm feeling at the moment. I'm like, you know, let me just pull my phone. As you can see, they're not really super edited or nothing. And sometimes the eight or 10 second videos do better than anything. You know, so I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm feeling right now. This is what I'm going to post. If it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, who cares, right? And obviously, it, you know, obviously it, uh, it, it bothered a few people, more than a few. And it is what it is. It's how I feel. And I have a lot of expertise to back that up, you know? And I'm not shy to show it. I'm not shy to say it. I got a bunch of my barbers from City Image watching this. If you're, fr- if you're on City Image, if you're watching... Make sure you throw up a, a city image in, in a comment 
And uh, I even have our course members that are watching. They all agree with me, you know, but I understand why people would disagree, you know, and, and, and that's what we're going to definitely talk about today. So one of the uh, common misconceptions that I think we have as barbers that I had at one point is uh, this idea. And you can let me know your thoughts on this. So I feel like every barber, um, at least throughout the time that I've been a barber, one of the, the things that we are we are told is that commission-based barbershops are for beginner barbers. So like the set path that is recommended to us is start out in a commission-based barbershop, uh, build your clientele, but then eventually you're going to get to a point where you're paying way too much in commission. So at that point, you should try to get on booth rent at the shop. If the owner doesn't want to put you on booth rent, then it's time for you to maybe go explore your options and find a barbershop that will uh, let you do booth rent. Or even nowadays with the whole suite concept that's become popular, it's recommended that, hey, instead of paying you know all of this money in commission, just go open your own suite. So it's always been like a, a beginner barber thing. Beginner barbers, go do commission, get what you can from it, then be out. What are some of your thoughts on that whole mindset? Because I had it. you know, I, ha I had it when I first started. Yeah. What do you think when you hear that? So it's absolutely true, right? Beginner barbers are better off going to a commission-based shop. That's the truth. That's not a lie. If you have both options, why wouldn't you go to a commission-based shop? They're the ones that are investing in their company more than chair rental shops. They're the ones that are offering education, hopefully. They're the ones that are willing to put in the time to help you uh, and are willing to hopefully pay you like we do, right, to apprentice with them, which I know a lot of shops don't, but we do. And so, yeah, that's true. There's nothing I, I believe in that. But to say it's only good for beginner barbers is just a joke. It's well, a somebody joke. actually said it's only good for beginner barbers and females. Yeah. yeah Women barbers. I've seen that, too. What a joke. I have. I mean, half of our employees are female. You know, what they've what they've brought to this industry has been awesome. You know, they're definitely a, a, a very, they brought a lot of professionalism to the industry. And I think that's great. But it's not just female barbers that benefit from commission. Like, that's just that's just ridiculous to think of. It's also ridiculous to generalize the type of person that benefits from commission. I even heard commissions only for white barber shops. Like, what does that even mean? right? Commission is a business model. And it's a business model that can allow the owner of the shop, the business, to be able to create more profits to then invest into the business. Okay. I don't know any shop owners that are wealthy that are on commission, right? There's no billionaire commission owners. There's no multi-millionaire commission owners, right? And if they did make some money and generate some income, it's because they invested it in other things, right? Barbering is one of the easiest things to really dissect and count what it is that an owner really makes, right? But there's a lot of hidden things that owners pay for, especially us, you know, that you wouldn't even think of. So you think that the owner's making so much money, right? But they're really not. However, 
I do understand the misconception because over the years, there's been so many barbershop owners who say it's commission and they're not doing the extras. They're just taking the money. They're not investing it back in the business. They're, they're not fixing the shop up. They're not making improvements. They're not giving education. They're not doing a lot of things. So I could understand how some of these barbers have a lot. First of all, a majority of barbers have this misconception because it's what they've known. It's what they've been through and it's what they hear from everywhere. Right. Yeah, so, so it's like, uh, so, so what you're saying in other words is there are people who are running commission based shops or at least on the surface, they're calling it a commission based shop, mm-hmm. but, but they're not really running a commission based shop. They're basically yeah. running a booth rent toll type of model disguised yeah. as commission. And then, I had yeah. somebody commented earlier was like, yeah, I, I did it, worked at a commission shop and then I got handed a 1099 at the end of the year and it was sketchy to me. Oh man. Well, that's a, that's, that's another, that's another problem. You know, uh, I don't know when barbers became CPAs and accountants and they make up their own rules as to what the tax law is based on whatever is going to be convenient for them. Oh, what are you talking about? Commission, you could 1099 a barber. No, you can't. You can't 1099 a barber anywhere or any, you can't 1099 any, um, impl- any person that's working for you in any industry if they are, if they have to come in on your, the hours that you say, if they have to use the pricing that you say, if they have to wear your t shirts, if they have to leave when you tell them to leave, right? If they have to abide by the shop rules, they are not, they are an employee. All right. And that is, countrywide that has nothing to do with barbering or the state that you're in that's just countrywide but what you're trying to do is you're trying to get away from payroll tax and listen nobody pays nobody knows about (laughs) you want to talk about payroll tax i'll show you how much we pay in payroll tax all right so trust me you think i want to pay employer payroll tax hell no so for people that don't don't really understand what you're talking about when it comes to payroll tax how could you um explain that in the most simple way like what is that so Barbers, right? Who, who barbers who are not used to being on payroll, right? In W two, let's say the employee, and now they start in a shop, and it's like, wait a second, you're, you're you're giving me a, you know, you're paying me on direct deposit. Now I'm gonna have to pay tax. Well, they think that they're the only ones that pay tax, right? But what they don't realize is that the shop owner has to pay what's called employer payroll tax, and with the with the fees from the payroll company to process the payroll, on top of the payroll employer payroll tax you have to pay to the government on top of workers compensation it comes out depending on the state that you're in to between 12 to 15 percent of the amount of money that you pay out okay now with credit card tips that's including that because a lot of my barbers barbers make more on credit card tips than cash tips okay so now that gets also reported on payroll so now let's say their their commission cut is $1,500 $1,500 and they get another $500 in payroll t- in, 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 uh, in tips. That's $2,000. We process payroll for $2,000. They pay their tax. But then on top of the $2,000, add another 15% to that, which is what? 15% is another $300 on top of that. So for every, so for that $2,000 that we're giving out, really coming out of pocket 2300 and 300 is going directly to uncle sam so these are things that people don't realize right so shop owners that are that are doing that are paying with w2 and payroll they have to pay a lot of tax on that as well right and that's why a lot of people don't want to do it because they they realize man wait a second 
I got to pay so much tax on this. On top of that, what winds up happening is this is why prices are lower, right? This is why prices are lower and commissions are higher. And a lot of these commission shops, which you said they're really disguising as commission, but they're chair rental, because when you're given 80%, that's pretty much chair rental, right? A lot of these shops are able to keep the prices low and the commissions high because they don't have much overhead, right? They're not paying a lot in rent a lot of the times. They're not doing payroll tax. They're probably not doing a lot of credit card processing, right? Because that, that's a fee. That's a huge expense in itself. So now, of course, if you're not taking the hit of all these expenses as a business owner, you don't have to raise prices because you think, and on top of that, if you're cutting in the shop and you're keeping your entire chair, well, now you're crazy profitable at that point, right? But what happens if you break your hand tomorrow? Can that shop sustain itself? Can you sustain your lifestyle based on your barber's cutting hair only and not you? Most of the times, I would say, and I'm not going to use a fake or anything, but if I had to think, 95% of shop owners cannot. They cannot make a living off of just their barber's cutting and them not, right? And a commission-based model, okay? So that's the whole, that's the the, the breakdown of what employer payroll tax is that a lot of people don't know about. So uh, one thing that you said during that, um, you said that that's what keeps the prices low. And so when you say prices low, uh, what do you mean the haircut prices? That's what you're talking about, right? Keeping the haircut yeah. prices low. And yeah. and yeah, so I put this up also on my page. Let me pull this up. Um, cause I, I know you had some thoughts on this too, when it comes to the, the prices low, I posted, um, where was it? How much did you charge for a haircut? And you had a, a, a good comment on there. I don't know if it's going to pop up cause there's so many of them. Well, that's uh, what started this all really. Yeah. And where, let me see if I can find it quick to read what you said. But um, you have some thoughts when it comes to the the price. Here it is right here. You said, uh, well, if we're speaking for an average of the entire industry, there are two things. Number one is what the price should be due to inflation and other variables of business, such as payroll costs and overhead and a healthy profit margin. Two is why is not even close to why it's not even close to what it should be due to the industry being so. um, so uh, many years uh, on a professional level, price is dictated by demand and value. By value, I mean what does the average American value a men's haircut at in terms of price? Unfortunately, the majority of Americans, whether they're rich or poor, only see a haircut being so much. And right now, it's probably about 30. Now, 30 is way too little to charge for a service that takes 30 to 45 minutes. But because the industry is so unprofessional as a majority, uh, the, then the majority of Americans can only see it as a lower price service on average. Fix the problem at its root first as a whole industry, and then we'll see prices go up as a whole. And then I believe I, I said um, something along the lines of, yeah, here we go. Uh, if we're in a perfect world uh, where we fix the problem at the root, if 30 is too low, where do you think it should be? And you put 60 for a, a 30-minute haircut. Yeah. What, what, what do you have to say about all that? So that's where it should be. Is that where it can be? No. No, and the reason is because we're too unprofessional as an industry. That's why. Okay, that's why. So are we a long way away from that? Absolutely, for that to be the minimum across the board. But should we be making strides to elevate as a whole? Yeah. All right? So someone commented that, oh, you know, uh, that means that 30-minute haircut at $60, it's $120 an hour. That's like what a doctor gets paid. First of all, that's not what a doctor gets paid. That's first of all. Uh 
we're a trade. That's way too much money to 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 be paid as a trade. This and that. And plus, you can't do a decent haircut in thirty. All right, there's so many different bad things in that comment. But first of all, what everyone's thinking so all the time is that 120 an hour is too much for a barber because they're thinking of individualization. But let me ask you something. When my electrician friend has to come into a service call because my lights stop working, right? It's $150 an hour. And he sends his electrician out to do it. One of his one of his employees, he doesn't always come and do it himself. So guess what though? That is what he needs to charge in order to do you think his electrician gets paid? Do you think his his uh, service guy gets paid that? Hell no. He gets maybe 40 an hour, right? But 40 an hour is what he needs to pay that per 40 an hour is what he gets paid. So 120 is what he needs to charge at least per hour to come out and fix that because that is the cost of business because there's other overhead, right? Do you know, Marv, um, what the, on business standpoint, right? Because listen, barbershops are a business. Stop acting like it's not a business. This is the reason why it's so low, okay? Because we keep saying it's just a barbershop. It's just a barbershop. I get offended when people say that. I get offended when people say it's just a barbershop, okay? So what is the percentage of total revenue in a shop, which means all of the haircuts that are coming in before any expenses, top line revenue. What is the percentage of top line? What percentage of top line revenue should be allocated to payroll costs, meaning total payroll plus payroll, payroll, uh, payroll uh, taxes and fees? What do you think that is? What do you think it should be based on a healthy business? I don't know, man. I, I- okay. 25 on the really low end, like you're golden. If you can pay $25 in payroll, 25, if 25, sorry, if 25% of your revenue is payroll only, and that leaves you 75% to run your business and also profit, then you're golden. That's usually in industries like marketing agencies and stuff like that. It's, un, it's not usually heard of. And on the high end is 40%. Okay. You want to be around 30 to 35% payroll as opposed to top line revenue. Let me ask you something though. You know, us, we do hourly plus commission and our commissions are about 60%, right? We can't go higher than that, right? And a goal, an incentive to hit 60%. Well, if it's at 60%, then how much of our revenue is already to payroll without even payroll costs? 60%. Plus payroll costs, I just said, are about 15% on top of that. So that is 75% already of top line revenue that's going to payroll costs, which leaves me 25 to 30% to run our business, right? To run our business to the way it should be, to keep everyone growing, to keep the business growing, and then to profit enough to do all that and hopefully get some for myself, right? And for the partners to be able to live our lives, right? Because we we work for the business full time. Do you see how it's a problem, right? So, so what I'm hearing you say, what the, the general gist of what I'm getting from what you're saying is that basically on the surface, it may appear like somebody who's running a commission-based shop is making a whole boatload of money. But when you break yep. it down to what, you're paying out as an owner, there's really not a lot there. So for these barbers that may be sitting back thinking like, okay, well, why would I work in a commission-based shop when I'm paying them seven, eight, nine hundred dollars $900, let's say a week, right? They're getting rich off of my hard work. What you're saying is if the shop is being ran the way it's supposed to as a commission-based shop, there's not as much profit there as you think there is. Is that that's what that what you're saying? 
No, I mean, especially so the way we run it, barely any. Yeah, yeah. The way we run it, barely any, because we are in growth mode. So we are really investing everything back into the business. And my employees know how much we give and how much we do on a daily basis, right? But for our course members, I always say, don't do the things, don't do everything that we do because you just can't do it, right? You need to be profiting more, right? Because you're not in super growth mode like we are, right? But the thing is that you have to understand that as an employee as well, right? And that's why it's important to come out and show employees the uh, the numbers and and make them understand that yeah you are a big part of what this com- of what this company uh, generates of course but you're also a big part of what it completely gives out right and it's okay because if you're the right owner you are in the give first mentality and you understand that in order for you to be successful you have to give first right we're no longer in the fifties in the sixties where it's like yo just shut up and work. Like, no, 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 you have to be on point with everyone's feelings and emotions and what they're what they're going through and check-ins and all these different things, right? So, yeah, that's- So, Sal says, I think it's simple as a commission-based barbershop owner. You have to be worth your commission. Now, I know Sal runs the booth rent model. He's got a, a, a hundred different <laughs> rental spots down in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, and, and this is his comment to that, be worth your commission. So doing what you do at your shop, for those who are tapped in who might, might not know much about you, um, what is it that you feel makes your shop worth the commission? Because what do you got? You said you guys do, what, what's the percentage you guys do? Well, like I said, we do a, a base pay no matter what. You know, and that ranges between eight hundred to a thousand a week, and then okay. on top of that, they have an incentive for commission and also their tips, which their tips are very, very high. So, um, and Sal, that that's true. I was just wondering. I was just realizing that Sal doesn't run, and I was gonna. No, he has commission shops. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna have booth rent. I thought he was doing booth rent. Maybe he switched. Yeah. I was gonna actually say that. What's up, Sal? So, uh, um, so. So I was asking what 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 makes okay the percentage what makes it worth it cuz somebody out from the outside looking in saying okay if I'm not a beginner barber right and and I and I, I I'm I have some skills I've been doing this for a few years and I'm looking at it and seeing okay if I'm going to go work at City Image Barbershop they're going to be you know taking 40% or whatever what what benefit is that going to give me to go work for them and pay them all that money when I can just go and work somewhere for $200 a week booth rent. Well, I have a question. Do they have, do they have clientele or no clientele? That's first question. Uh, a, a little clientele, nothing little, crazy, like, nothing, yeah. crazy. like nothing nuts, like maybe five to 10 people a week. Yeah. They, they got a little bit, they've been cut and they haven't been able to really retain people, but they're like, you know, what, what, what would be something where it's like, all right, this is attractive to me. So Why would I, I go spend 400, $500 a week? For commission when I can just spend $200 a week booth rent well, somewhere. Well, let's break that down. You just said that they're cutting like they have 10 of their own clients that are going to follow them? Yeah. They, and, they have a small clientele. And what's the haircut price that they're charging? 30 bucks a cut. 30 times 10 is $300. So how are they paying me four or $500 if they're only bringing $300 worth of revenue? They're not paying anything. I'm paying them. And guess what? If, if someone ever says that in an interview, that interview is over. Yeah. Right. That's not the barber that I'm looking to grow my team with. OK, now. So we have empl- we have employees that start that have that have uh, that have some uh, clientele. We have Isaiah over here. Zay, he had clientele when he started. Uh, we just hired another person that had some that had a bunch of clientele. I'll tell you this. 
Those people can think a little bit like that. But the reason why, and, and, and Zay will tell you, he makes more money now than he ever has made, right? Uh, we have Ozzy that hopefully we could bring him on later on. He'll tell you that as well, right? What they come for is growth. What they come for is because they're tired of the same old stuff at the shop that they work at, right? Unprofessional owners who are taking commission but not doing anything with it inconsistent with running their business. They feel like they feel like they are running their business more than the owner is. That's going to make somebody go money or no money. And then our reputation proceeds itself with the fact that there have been so many and so many and so many barbers who do so well with us that that's what happens. Someone I had just had someone DM me today. When you say do so well, what do you mean? Like do so well, what's do so well from your perspective? Uh, They do so well. We have just six figure barbers, you know, we have a bunch of, and that's take home by the way, you know, oh, hold on, hold on, uh, hold, on, know, hold, on have, hold on, hold on. You said you have a bunch of six figure barbers. Now you, yeah. I know you've been tuned in to some of the few conversations that I've had. And one of the common themes have been to show the receipts. So it's, it's good to hear that, but do you have the receipts that can confirm that you have people making over a hundred K at yeah. commission? Yeah, because if I'm being honest, when when I first started, especially earlier on in my career, and you guys can let me know in the chat if you you have thought this too. Obviously, my horizon has been expanded, right? But early on in my career, if somebody were to tell me that somebody's working at a shop where it's a sixty forty split and they're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, I I don't I don't know if I would believe that. You know, I just don't know if I would believe that. So I've said what I know now. I know that's more than possible, but. I'm assuming you probably have the receipts to confirm that too. I do. And if you want to see them, I can show you. I, I think that what it is, is it's an, it's a, it's an understandable misconception, but it's not a misconception. Am I saying that all commission shops, you can make that much? Hell no. I know a lot of commission shops that their barbers are barely scraping by. Cause that's the problem. No matter how much money you charge, no matter how much commission you pay, if you're not busy enough, it doesn't matter. Like someone, if someone leaves to f- go for a shop that's giving 70%, well, 70% of zero is zero. Yeah. So what the hell's the difference? Go ahead. Go, go get 70% of a thousand dollars in haircuts. Big deal. 700 bucks, 700 bucks, right? What yeah. the hell is that? And then if you're only cutting a thousand dollars worth of people, that means you're, o- you're cutting a small amount of people, which means your tips are even lower because tips are based on volume. Tips are based on service as well, but tips are based on volume. If you cut 30 people, you're, or and if you got 30 people or you cut 60 people, are you getting more tips if you cut 60 people? Absolutely. You're getting double, right? So double the people, double the tips, double the earnings. But if you leave for a shop for 80% because the owner is so desperate and is not doing payroll and thinks that 80% is commission and is selling a dream to people, then you get there and you're cutting $900 to $1,000 a week and you're getting 80% of that. Well, go ahead. Good luck paying your bills. Good luck qualifying for a mortgage. Good luck getting a car. Good luck with all that, right? So I can show you some stuff. You ready? Yeah, pull up. What you want to show us? Barbers, if you guys want to see some receipts, let us know in the chat. Listen, I'm I'm going to show you the most recent pay stubs, okay, from a a lot of our barbers, right? And I blacked out their names and their addresses, of course, because I'm not going to do any of that, right? And uh, you got to remember one thing that this is, even if you're paying tax on something, it's still gross. This is where I think, you know, that conversation with Basio 
if people weren't listening to what he was saying is you get to a certain amount and then you invest to continue earning even more. That doesn't mean have seven streams of income when you're still building. No, you build up and then you start investing, right? While you're still doing what you love. Okay. So my barbers can invest. My barbers can either invest, invest with us or invest in real estate or invest in stocks or whatever they want to do because they have the, they have the backing for it, right? They can go and get a car. They can go and get a house. They can do what they want with, with the numbers that they, so even if you're paying taxes on these numbers, that doesn't mean you didn't earn it. And trust me, they look at that, right? So this also doesn't include cash tips, which you have to remember cash tips are also a good amount, right? They report their own cash tips at the end. So let me see. We're going to go window StreamYard. Uh, can you see this? Yeah, we can see it. You guys can see this, right? And if you, All if right. you can zoom in, it might be like command plus or something. Yeah. Uh, I can zoom in. Yeah, I, I see it on the bottom of your screen so that people can see a little bit better. That's okay. That might be good. Can you see this? Yep. All right. I'm just going to go down the line, right? This is, this is this period. And this is like year to date, right? Which is we're in, this was like the last check of August, I think, right? The last paycheck. And this is weekly, by the way, not bi-weekly, right? I'm just going to keep scrolling through it. 1902, 1956. Hold on. Slow down a little bit. Slow down a little bit. Just so I'm clear of what we're all seeing. When you said 1956, right here, you're saying 19, oh, 1914. That's the gross pay. Yes. Got you. 1914. 1829. You're going to see some higher numbers, too. Some, some 2188. Yep. You by, the way, by the way, four-day work week, 10-hour days, 40 hours a week. Two hours of those 40 hours are for lunch. Okay. And then my managers, they actually have one hour a day for office time that they're not cutting and two hours a week for, uh, for a manager meeting. So that's a total of two, one, two, three. That's a total of seven hours a week of not cutting and still hitting numbers like this. Okay. Uh, 1958. I'm going to keep going. 2458. This person's almost at a hundred K already. Are okay. these one week or two week? One, one week, one week. Look at this. Look. Right here. Pay period starting 827, ending 902. Okay. One week. 2000. Now, some of these people that are year to date are lower as if they just started, right? With us. Uh, I don't know whose names they are because we blacked them out, but 2375. 24, I'm just 40, saying, Joe brought the receipts. Barbers, can we can we hit some uh, fire emojis in the chat? Because because Joe brought the receipts. Oh, uh, look I at this one. Uh, where are we at right now? We're in August. We're no, we're September. Yeah, we're September. You now, see this number right here? Up. You see this number right here? Where? Which number? Which one? Right the here. Year to date. Yeah. You see yeah. how that's nine? You see how that's ninety-seven k already? By the that's way, good, with this paycheck this week, this person I know who this is gonna is gonna hit hundred k. And this, this is weekly. weekly. This is weekly, weekly, guys. Weekly, weekly. Yes, weekly. Like, you see what I'm trying to say? You see right here where it says sick, by the way? Vacation, by the way? Yeah. So we pay sick and vacation time, right? So you're sick. You stay home. You still get paid. You go on vacation on an island. You're spending 5K. Well, guess what? You're also getting paid to sit there. And what you're getting paid is the average of your pay. So this person will get averaged out for the last three months on his commissions, and he's going to get that. In a week when he goes on vacation. 
on an island. Okay? Barbers, take a screenshot of this. Share it to your story. Get some more people on here. Like, Joe got the receipts out. I'm not. It was going crazy. Get and, some and, people and, on here. You know what else we're, we're not even talking about? We're, to- we're not even talking about the health care. You know what I got? I got a health care receipt to show how much we spend in health care per year. You ready for that? Yeah, let's put, let's bring that up too. Okay, cool. I are, love are this. We, and here's what I want you guys to understand. I, Before <laughs> Joe goes into this, I want to I make a point real quick, all right? Like he said, Joe's killing the game, right? Boy going crazy. Flex on him, Joe. Listen, guys, let's be clear real quick, all right? This, this, this is stuff. Uh, you, you'll have to bring that back up in a minute, right? But this is stuff that we um, we aren't necessarily taught how to run our business in a way to create some of this stuff, right? That 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 Joe is talking about. And the the one thing about uh, being a barber and becoming a barber is the barrier to entry is it, it's actually pretty easy, right? It's it's easy to get a license. It's easy to open a shop. I know when I went to open my shop, it really wasn't that difficult to do. So with the barrier to entry being so low, it doesn't really require a lot of knowledge to start the business. However, because we get so comfortable knowing what we know, the little bit that we know, and seeing it work in in, in the most basic ways, a lot of times what happens is we never get beyond uh, a certain point and really elevate our business to um, having it reach its fullest potential and ultimately be able to do some of the cool stuff that, um, uh, that Joe, that Joe has been able to do with city image barbershop. Right. So one of the key reasons that I, I love having conversations with Joe and, and, and bringing him on my platform and letting you guys see what he does and hear his, his mindset is because Joe is a businessman. And he catches flack sometimes because he's not a barber, right? He gets a lot of flack for that, right? But he's a businessman. And us as barbers, a lot of times we're very good at our art. We're very good at our haircuts. We're very good at our content, but we're terrible at business. And even me, I'm, what, 12 years, 13 years being a barber now. But the more conversations I have with people like Joe and Chris Basio and stuff like this, I realize how much more I still have to learn and can learn, right? So again, I bring people like Joe on the platform to be able to to, to uh, share the business mind. So that way, as barbers, not only are we great at cutting hair, great at content, doing all the cool barber stuff, but now we can start running our businesses better because maybe you're a barber that has a shop open, whether it be booth rent or commission, and maybe you're just not really seeing any profit or seeing it blossom in the way that you you thought it could. And maybe you are grinding. Maybe you're working hard. Maybe you're putting a lot of hours into it. You're making a lot of sacrifices, but there's just simply, a lot, uh, there's just a lot of times where you just simply don't know what to do or how you could be doing your business better, or you just don't know how to look at certain things. So again, that's why I'm trying to have more and more of these conversations. So that way we can elevate as barbers elevate as businessmen and then uh, and business women and grow and elevate the culture as a whole. You know what I mean? So uh, I hope you guys are paying attention. I hope you guys are taking notes. Um, I hope you guys are are prepared to to ask a lot of questions. And Joe even has a, a course as well. And I'm going to highly recommend you look into that too. It's a, it's an online barbershop owner masterclass that is a thousand dollar course 
that he's doing a special on. It's only 197 bucks. So the link for that is in the description of this video, or you can just DM Joe and, and say, Hey, I want to check out the course. But you know, for some of you guys that are shop owners, um, that want to revamp your business or feel like you need to revamp your business, that could be a super helpful resource. And for those of you that are considering opening up your own shop one day, this is probably going to be something you're going to want to invest in to save yourself a lot of headaches and a lot of money in the long run um, and, and, and set you off on the right path to be able to do some really cool things as a shop owner. I mean, you already seen he he's pulling up pay stubs. He's pulling up the receipts. He's sharing some game. And we're just getting started. We're only 37 minutes in. We're probably going to do this for two hours, right? So you ain't even seen nothing yet. So I, I, I just want to encourage you guys to, to make sure that you're taking advantage of this time that you're spending with us to take notes, take advantage of the resources, and be prepared to elevate um, the industry. Barber! Hey, what I, what I want to add, Marv, is you just remind me to talk about this right after I show you the healthcare receipts and stuff like that is it's not just about money, though, right? It's not you're, – you're, just because your barbers are doing well and making money, that's not going to keep them either. That's actually the worst thing to think, right? So – and we'll talk about how it is that we keep our barbers and, and, and happy and motivated and stuff like that. The things that we're doing are things that huge corporations do, and we're doing it with the small team we got by putting in a lot of man hours, a lot of work on the back end, right? And I'll show you some of those things as well. So that's what I'm trying to teach here is it's not just, okay, first you have to get your shops busy enough, right? And, our, you know, our shops like busting at the seams. No, there's always for more, right? But then, but then you have to create that culture of team, of growth, of unity, of you know all of our core values that we share. So you know, I want to talk about that also. But what I do want to show here is let me just address something because real it's quick. not my just homie, about my homie Juan just uh, tapped and he said Marv won't bring on the booth rental guys. I just had Chris Basio on. Basio owns seven booth <laughs> rental shops. And he's talking about how he can, uh, you know, a six-figure barber mentorship where they teach you how to open more. He does booth rental. I just was talking with Will Stam. He has two booth rental shops. So I bring the booth rental guys on too, man. What You just might not be tapping into those conversations. I just think what is important, uh, at least part of my mission now, is to, um, to, to, to share some insight with the commission model because I see a lot of misinformation when it comes to the commission model and a lot of um, a, a lot of misunderstanding as to what it is from a barber's perspective and a misunderstanding as of what it could be from an owner's perspective. So that's why I feel like bringing on somebody like uh, Joe, who has successfully opened 10 commission based shops, is going to be good for helping people when it comes to understanding um, both sides of the commission-based shop. So we don't have, you know, some of these misconceptions, like, let me just pull this up real quick and, and try not to lose your thought, Joe. I know I interrupted you, but try not to lose your thought. But, um, you know, some of these misconceptions, like he posted, cause I've heard all of this stuff too. Barbers are capped at commission based shops. Commission is only good for new barbers. Commission barbers are trash at cutting hair. Commission only works at white barber shops. Commission is only good for female barbers. You know, like I, I've heard a lot of this and, you know, there's a time in my life where I even thought some of that stuff, you know, and then I got exposed to new information, um, had different conversations. And I feel like it was very eye opening for me. I even own a booth rental shop. I own a booth rental shop, too. But I enjoy conversations like this because I feel like it, it adds to the industry and it um, and it helps elevate us as a whole and gives us a much broader perspective. So. I had, I had Juan. I had booth rental people on here, bro. You gotta stop spewing out this nonsense, Juan. 
Primo's Barbershop. Uh, what were you going to say, Joe? My bad for cutting you off. Yeah, no. So I, I, I agree. And, and, and again, it doesn't mean that. So I don't want to seem like I'm I don't want to seem like now what I'm doing is like scared to like stand my ground. But like I'm not saying com- like booth rental is like the worst thing in the world. Right. But do I think that it's what's keeping the industry down? Yeah. Do I think that there's a lot of commission uh, booth rental barbershop owners that do the right thing and actually structure it properly? Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I always talk in majorities and in the majority of booth rental shops or barbershops in general, because even a lot of these commission-based barbershops. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, yeah. I was going to say commission Even shop. the commission-based barbershops are not doing the right thing. You know, it, it's it's mostly unprofessional, whether booth rental or commission. But this ideology of individualism and barbering is really what's keeping everything down. And I'm not saying because I have this agenda of I want barbers to work for me, and that's why I'm against barbers going out on their own and stuff like that. Dude, I don't care about talking about any of that stuff. That's not why I'm saying this stuff. I'm saying. So what do you mean by individualism? Because I heard you say that before. Like we're very. Yeah. There's too much individualism in our in our industry. What do you mean? We're by an that? individualized industry where everyone is out for just. Well, for example, barbershop uh, commission shop is good for beginner barbers only. So what does that mean? So it's okay for you to learn from a shop. The shop will invest in you teach you, get you clients that they've used their marketing for, allowed clients to leave some of the other barber's chairs to go into your chair to help you. You build your clientele, and then you say, all right, I'm good, and I'm out. Like, how is that right? How is that right if you're in in, uh, a shop that is doing the right thing? Now, if you want to be out, eventually, everybody has the right to open their own business, and that's absolutely true. But there's too much of that ideology of, yeah, I'm just going to do this until I get my clientele, then I'm out, right? Then I'm going to jump to share rental, right? It happens to a lot of the course members that we have, you know, they lose people to chair rental shops because they jump ship, right? As soon as they grow their clientele. And, you know, of course, sometimes a lot of times I say, well, what have you, what did you do to keep the person, right? What did you do wrong to not keep them right over the years? Not like when they're leaving, Hey, I'll give you more money. Like, no, that's not what I mean. Like over the years, what did you do to make sure that they stay with you? What kind of growth did you give them? Right. But even that it's happening a lot. So it's because it's in the, even at school, they're already taught like, Hey, you could be your own boss. You could be your own boss. Like, if that was if that was if that was right, and if everyone was successful as business owners, then why are only five percent of the country business owners? Mm. If that was the truth, then why is that, right? So, what would you say, right? Erica Hammer says, "What is your view on barbers leaving and wanting to open up their own shop after building in your shop for years? Do you support that?" I support it if it's done the right way. It hasn't happened much, to be honest with you. But if it's done the right way, I support it because I think you should want, you should genuinely want success for everybody. And what I always say is this, hey, we have a great company, right? And I can, I'll go into more and more things that we offer and what we do. And, and my barbers that are watching, they'll, they're definitely going to agree. We have a great company and there's, there's nothing. We essentially do everything that we can, right? And then some. But there's just some people that want something different, right? For example, let's say as small as like, let's say someone wants to open up their own shop one day and they would love to partner up with us, but let's say they have a different mindset of what they want their shop to look like. Or maybe they don't want to do haircuts in 30 minutes. Maybe they want to do hour long haircuts and offer a different type of service, like, you know, a hair wash with every, with every service and all these different things. Well, 
this is our model though. So you would have to choose at that point, like, is that important enough for me to leave city image and do it on my own? Because I want to, I want my shop to look a certain way or no, staying with city image is the right thing because they have everything on board. And I essentially, it's so easy for me to partner up because they, I always have their backing and there's this whole system in place with processes and procedures and stuff. But again, if someone wants that and then come back, Yes. Yes. So like they, so they left to, to go open their own or did they leave to go booth rental or no, they left to explore other options, not in barbering um, yeah. or another person left for another state and then came back. I'm trying to remember. It's been 14 years. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely been, but I, I will be honest with you. We don't have many people leave us. Do we, do we let go people? Absolutely. You know, uh, we've let go of a lot of people over the years, um, especially until our, our hiring process got even better and better, but sometimes people sneak through and, and they're just not the right fit. Right. And you realize that, but yeah, we don't really get many people leaving us and it's not because, and it's because of everything I just said, you know? Uh, so I don't, have a problem with people moving on as long as they do it the right way. You know, being, uh, being sneaky is not, we are, we are the most transparent company that there is. Okay. I just showed everything on the screen to however many people are watching. And then however many people are going to watch this afterwards, we are a transparent company, right? And when you're not transparent with us, that's not right. You know, and that's where you, we don't take anything personally. Okay. But it's not right to do that. You know, you should be as, you should be as transparent as, as people are. And, and, and a lot of times it's because they're scared. They're scared of getting fired and stuff like that, but we wouldn't do that. You know, if we, if you do it the right way, right. And you're being honest, especially nowadays, maybe back in the day we would, but nowadays I would totally, I would actually help the person, you know? So that's my, that's my answer on that. Got you. Juan says, that's why we need a national barber lobbying group, a political action committee. We would be the most powerful lobby in the nation, but we're all too uh, individualistic. Yes, 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 yes. The, the the sour taste in people's mouths about how you are, um, pay, why would I pay the shop owner this much money in percentage? Uh, you know, this, this, and that. It's like, bro, like when you think about it, <laughs> You're actually making more money when you're consistent in a commission shop that's good, that's a good commission shop, right? That's doing what they need to do to bring clients in the door and has a good system and all that stuff. You are way more susceptible to having a better life, to be able to have more work-life balance, to be able to know your future, right? If you're working in a shop that's stable and secure in a business that's not going anywhere and you know what you're making on a weekly basis no matter what and then you could always go up from there why why would you why do you think that you should leave to always take a risk every week of not knowing what's going to happen this week right just because what your chair that 150 to 200 dollars big deal big deal my barbers are my barbers are paying a lot of money in chair rental at my shops but they're also making a lot of money and then I'm taking that money and I'm reinvesting it. And that's going to lead me to this. Let me, let me, let me share my screen. Got you. One thing I will say is um, as far as uh, uh, us being very into, uh, individualistic as a, a, a culture, um, it, the cool thing about becoming a barber is you enter it with the ability or with the idea that you're going to have the ability to have a lot of freedom, right? And make sure you select, yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, 
a, a lot of freedom, right? And freedom is great. I think where we mess up is I think the the idea of us being able to have our own quote unquote freedom can oftentimes lead us to keeping ourselves in a position where we're not reaching our fullest potential because we'd rather cling to the idea that we have our freedom than to maybe conduct our business in another way where we lose some of our perceived freedom. And and, and what I mean when I say that is I know a lot of uh, uh, barbers that would say that, you know, I would never work for a commission-based shop. And I probably would have even said that earlier in my career too, right? Because the idea is that, you know, you lose a lot of your freedom. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, all, all of the different things that you guys would think when you you uh, join a, a commission team, a commission shop, right? But then what happens a lot of times is you'll see those same barbers um, stick to doing whatever it is they do, whether it's booth rent or a suite or however they're operating, but they have their quote unquote freedom. But then so many of their other things are not in order. You know, their, their paperwork's not in order. They're not bankable. Um, they don't have health insurance. They're not doing things in a, a way that's going to help them in their overall life. Even me earlier on in my career, I made a lot of mistakes when it comes to how I was doing my business that ultimately cost me a few years of being able to qualify for a mortgage just simply because, you know, I, I, I had my freedom as a barber doing things how I want. And I just made some key mistakes that led to me not getting a mortgage. Whereas, you know, you'll have some of these other people that, uh, may say venture off into a, a commission-based shop that's more structured and helps almost force the structure on them for them to to have to do certain things in a certain way and handle a lot of, a lot of that stuff for them that they otherwise would have to handle on their own and then because of that they put themselves in a position to be bankable or in an instance like what Joe has have some health insurance so it actually helps them so. I guess my main point for saying all of that is we got to be careful when it comes to this whole idea of freedom and make sure that it, it freedom is a tool that, uh, or at least a mindset that we're using to help advance ourselves forward and not letting our idea of freedom be something that actually ultimately holds us back because we value our perceived freedom over a little bit of structure, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what you're looking at here is, and this is, the invoice from july for some reason they didn't send me the oh because they always send it the month after so i'm going to be getting it on september 19th i'll be getting the august invoice so this is this is what we pay for free for our employees in healthcare. that was for july it went up uh i think i think what hit the account in september actually was like almost eight grand okay so let's just go on this number because remember these are receipts right so i could say one thing but i'm showing another thing okay i'm right. showing that i'm showing this $6,000 a month, right? By the way, this is not the Dental Envision. They don't send invoices. Uh, I can show my bank account, but Dental Envision is another $1,000 a month, okay? Because Dental Vision is always lower. So $6,070 per for the month of July, right? And let's say that's in a year, which it's actually higher because, like I said, more people have signed up for healthcare. But that right there alone in a year is $72,800 in free healthcare that we give our employees, Plus a thousand dollars a month in dental and vision, which adds up to another twelve thousand, which equals eighty-four thousand dollars a year in free health care for our employees. Okay. So am I still a thief? Whoever whoever said that in the comments, am I still a thief? I don't know. This doesn't look like a thief to me. But um, let's keep going on that. So 
this is a point. This the, why do we why do we give the free health care? Well, first of all, because nobody else is doing it, and we wanted to do it. We wanted to be the first to give that to our employees, to, for those that need that need it. Second is, why wouldn't you want your employees to be healthy? The healthier they are, the more positive they are at work, the more they're going to be able to work, right? Why wouldn't you want them to be healthy? If they don't have insurance or if they have a crappy insurance plan, well, guess what's going to happen? They're going to they're gonna be calling out of work a lot more often. Am I right, Marv? Do, 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 would you agree with that? Yeah, I you mean, know? it makes sense to me. So that's another quote-unquote receipt. I put in together a little spreadsheet here. Oh, so question, it? question yeah. for you quick, Joe, because Tim says, yeah, but you're damn near the only one that does this, which, right. I mean, you might be the only one that does this. We are. So we are. what's your response to that? My response is that's my point. That's my point that I have to charge $35, $40 minimum in my shops when I'm doing the amount of things at a $60 minimum set, but I can't charge 60 because the industry – is so behind that no matter how rich somebody is, they're still going to think in their head that $60 for a regular haircut, you're out of your mind. Barbers themselves think that. Look at the comments I got in the, in the thing where they're saying, what are you, crazy? If you're charging $60, that better be for a beard. That better be for a shave. No, 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 no. Like it better be for a half-hour basic haircut with a two on the sides. But the problem is that can't happen now. Or I hope it doesn't take 20 years. It can't happen because of how behind we are. But let me do a little bit of math for you real quick, okay? If a barber does $2,000 in haircuts and their commission is 60%, which I just said 60% is tough for a business for payroll to be 60% of revenue, but it's what we need to do, right? Because that's the industry standard. And plus, barbers have to make a living. So if barbers make... It's Farber's cut $2,000, right, of clients that we are generating for them, of course, right? $2,000 times 60% comes out to $1,200, right? And that leaves 40%. It leaves $800 for us to then what? Plus payroll tax, by the way. So on top of $1,200 payroll tax. Now, if we charge 35% of $2,000, that's only $700 a week. Now, I know there's a lot of barbers in America that only make $700 a week. Trust me, I've, I've, I've met a lot of them, right? Right? And, and that have been cutting for a long time. But it's hard for every barber to really, and that's if they're cutting $2,000 worth, which is like they're, they're doing 60, 65 haircuts. All right? But now imagine if it was $60 a haircut. At, two, at $60 times 60 haircuts is $3,600 in sales. Times 35%, which is a healthy percentage. That's what salons do, right? Because their prices are higher. That comes out to 1260, which is even more than you get at 60% of 2000, right? So now 1260 leaves the shop with enough to do what? Continue to grow, to provide better things, to provide that health care, to provide that 401k match, to provide vacation time, to do a bunch of the benefits, uh, to keep growing, to be able to partner up with their barbers, right? Now they have the money for that. And on top of that, enough to profit. There's no, listen, we shouldn't be embarrassed of profiting as business owners. What the hell do you get into business to not profit, right? There's, you'd be stupid to do that. All you did was buy yourself a job at that point. So my point is, that's why I said 60, because 60 will be comfortable. Then you say to yourself, oh yeah, but barbers would never want 35% when they see that they're cutting 3,200. Yeah, because this is what happens. It's a mindset for so many years. 
going to take a long time for this to correct. So the problem is what I was saying before is that we need to keep raising the minimum as a whole. Because when the minimum is 30, 40, now the shops like myself are a little bit that do run things a lot better can charge 50 and it's not as terrible. And the shops that want to just do the bare minimum, not good customer service, not really care about the, like do the bare minimum to run a business where it's like decent customer service, not great. They can charge their 40, but right now they're charging their 25 and see the difference, see the problem here. So that's where I said that it needs to be 60, but we're nowhere near that shit. We're not, <laughs> we're just nowhere near it. Right? Like look at us and everything that we offer and, and, and our haircuts are really good and our education is great and all this stuff, all this, all this stuff that we offer. And so what, what are you guys charging for a haircut? Our minimum is, is about $35. And, and, and just, let's be clear. Um, as far as your, cause, cause I know you have a system, right? So it's like 30 minute haircuts or something like that. Uh, cause I know people, people have the uh, belief, which I will admit early on in my career, I had to believe too, that there ain't, you know, people, if people want quality haircuts, they're not going to go to these type of shots. These are almost those, those cookie cutter franchise type of stuff. You know, they're, they're running it that way. There's, there's no way that they're putting out the quality haircut that I would want. Uh, what what are your thoughts why don't you on go that on, why mindset? Why don't you go into City Image here, uh, City Image uh, Instagram? Pull it up, right, please. Let's do a City Image Barbershop, right? Yeah, yeah. just browse through the haircuts, and you tell me if if we're giving supercut haircuts. City Image Barbers. Okay, hold on. Let me click this. Let me see. <laughs> you know, bar- yo, barbers are mad funny. Like, yo, bro, I seen a dark spot, bro. You yeah, should have made it a little bit shorter, bro. That, that, seeing that dark spot is yeah. keeping you broke, but whatever. You just made oh. me jump, bro. <laughs> Y'all, that did you? Oh, just keep nice going, because I don't want you to just show the, 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 the same barber. You can just keep going. Uh, by the way, that's education that we provide. Uh, look, you know... um. That's dope. Video, so you- yeah. That well, that one had a haircut. That's why I clicked it. It's fire. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if we if that's you could get that at supercuts, but yeah. Nah, I mean, it, it, the one thing Nothing that I super cuts, is, by I the way, a, a lot, a, a lot of what holds us back as barbers is this idea of like you know I I perfected my product and you know I I I. I'm a perfectionist and I'm quality over quantity. And it's like, I get it and I understand what they mean when they say that. But I don't think that most of us understand how much we hold ourselves back by this idea of um, perfection. When you're putting out haircuts like this in 30 minutes, you're never going to struggle to get, get people in the door, bro. You're never going to struggle, but I don't know what y'all think in the chat. Let us know. Are these haircuts up to par? Come on, barbers. I know how we be. We be haters sometimes, but what what are y'all what are y'all thinking about some of those um haircuts? Let us know. Let, let us know. Raven so, said, so, I give quality cuts in 30 minutes. I hear you. Uh I you can smash up blurries in 30s. I, I I hear you. I, I know, but barbers think you need an hour, an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Haircuts are great. Send me what you gotta say something, Joe? Barbers! If you guys are enjoying this conversation, make sure you take a screenshot, share it to your story, tag me, tag the barber guru in it, so that way we can show you some love 
Also, make sure you send it to a friend. Send this episode to somebody that you feel like will get value out of it. If you're loving it, I'm sure you know at least one person in your life that will love it too. And also, make sure you stop over to the barber store. Go to itsmarvymarv.com. Check out some of the barbering apparel I got. I got hats, shirts, you know, hoodies, all the good stuff I got. Check out some of the courses, my interactive social media course, my booked up barber masterclass. Download some of the free downloads. We got a whole bunch of helpful resources available for you at itsmarvymarv.com. So make sure you head over there at some point as well. With that being said, let's get back into the conversation. We still got a few hours to go. Barbers! No, what I'm saying is like uh, it's 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 always they always want to instead of saying you know what let me th- listen I don't know how your model is maybe I don't agree with it right now but explain to me how are you doing it you know what should I do no, no, instead oh your haircuts must suck do you even do you even cut hair bro like no I don't cut hair no I don't cut hair I worry about being successful all right as a business owner. I make sure that everyone else that's cutting hair is successful. That's my job. No, I don't cut hair. If I was cutting hair, I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't be able to be able to run the company the way we do. So that's that's what I that's what Yo, I so that question. question is your um your, what's your homie's name? Ozzy or what was his name? Ozzy? Is he around? Is he Ozzie, on here? Ozzy, you on here? Let's see if Ozzy, Ozzy, uh, if you want to share here. a little bit about Ozzy, uh, who who he is. So Ozzy is one of our managers. Uh, he's He's been doing a phenomenal job. He's been with the company for a little over two years now. And he uh, he used he, – for 15 years of his life, he was a chair rental barber. And it was rough for him to even think about making a transition. But, we, you know, we kind of knew each other from when I owned the barber supply store. He used to come in, this and that. So he reached out. Ozzy's here. So Ozzy, if you want to start signing in. Um, and yes, Bugs, so, he's uh, not a no, barber. He's a businessman. Okay we need business, first, need business sense in our industry, Plugs. Like it, th- this, this idea that just because somebody doesn't cut hair, that, that we shouldn't incorporate the business principles and the business practices that they represent. It's just a wild idea that we have in our industry. What you have to understand is you're a businessman, Plugs. You're a businessman. You're not a barber. You're a businessman. And I'm a businessman. We're all businessmen. So yep. we, we have to, to stop this thing where we're like, oh, well, he doesn't even cut hair. Oh, but it, it business is business. Business is business. So the the, the what I mentioned earlier and, and what I, I'll reiterate is a lot of times in our industry, we're we're so hung up on the art side of it and this this freedom side of it and the, the, the individualistic nature of it that we don't take enough um, uh, initiative to understand the business side of it. And that's what holds us back. So it don't matter if he's not a barber, bro. He Yeah, he is a businessman. If we could take some of the insight, even if we don't adopt the whole thinking, but some of the insight and add it to our arsenal, it can help us elevate as a whole, bro. And so we stop, like like Javier says, so we stop looking at it as a hustle. Instead of, a, we got to look at it as a business. We look at it too much like it's a hustle. And then we call ourselves an, our own boss, but then we we have a conversation with a businessman. We're like, oh, what they, they don't cut hair. They don't understand. It's, bro, business is business at the end of the day. And, and you know what? Let me just add to that real quick. 
Some people are, most people are not business people, by the way. Marv, most people are not business savvy. And like I said, that's why only five, maybe 10% of the country is business owners and successful ones, right? Yeah. It's okay to not be okay with being a business person, but still being a, a killer employee. There's nothing wrong with that. That's hey, a fact, guess, bro. Guess what? Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, he's an employee. He's an employee. He might have stock in a company because that's what he got is becoming a CEO, but he can get fired. He's an employee. Okay. There's nothing wrong with being an employee and killing it. Not everybody is Steve Jobs. Right. And barbers all think they need to be Steve Jobs. Right. And that's no, what leads to, to barbers. It's like that analogy of, you know, barbers would rather have a whole grape than a piece of a watermelon yes. type of thinking. Yep. Absolutely. And so I see Ozzy's here. So do you want to just um you just again? I know I cut you off. I, I think oh. I cut you off. Uh, just, uh, just a brief who Ozzy is, and then we'll bring him on to to share a little bit of his story. Ozzy is one of our managers. Uh, he started off as as one of our barbers, right? You know, came from a chair rental for about fifteen years, just grinding constantly. Really talented barber, but you know, just caught up in the mix of what barbering is, right? For most people, and uh, you know, he came to. He came to City Image. Uh, we had a little relationship before because I used to own a barber supply store. So used to come shop. So he came to City Image. He interviewed. Uh, I was I'll be, honestly, I was hesitant because normally that type of barber, quote unquote, someone that's come from chair, does not do well. Does not do well because they have too much of a closed mindset. So no matter how much they're making, they're always thinking about how much they're giving. Right? What a barber could be making two k a week, but they're thinking about yeah. But I just gave 800, 900. It's okay. You made two k a week. Let the business make that money so we can keep growing and so that I can be profitable and and so that you can actually be worth your pay. Because guess what? If you're not cutting that, you're going to get the axe eventually, right? Because then that means that you're not retaining and you're not being coachable. So obviously you doing well means that you're, 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 you're growing. We're growing. Everybody grows. So he obviously could have had that mindset. Maybe he did. And I'll have him answer in the beginning, you know, but he, he trusted the system. He trusted the process and he was smart enough to say, and he said this before to me many times, they got to be doing something right if they have this many shops and barely anybody else does. So, And it's not just rich boys, right? Because, again, I say this all the time. We, are, we were not rich growing up. We were definitely not rich growing up. Like I'm not even going to get into it, but we're, we're not some rich boys who had a bunch of money from mommy and daddy to give us money. You know, they worked hard, and that's it. There was no money to give, right? So... He saw that and he said, they got to be doing something right. I'm going to give this a chance, you know, and we never betrayed his trust. And that is what kept him going. And he is the actually the top performer in the company right now. And he's only been here for two years. Bet. So we're about to bring Ozzy on. Guys, what I will say to you real quick before I bring Ozzy on, we're going to let him talk for like five, 10 minutes, is if you haven't already done so, take a screenshot of this and share it to your story. Let the people know that we are uh, having a really good conversation over here. Do that. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not already, especially if you enjoy these type of conversations because I'm going to be having a lot more of them. Definitely going to be having more with Joe. And uh, make sure you follow the Barber Guru on all platforms as well. And also, uh, make sure you guys are asking questions in the chat because here, here's the thing. Even if we're not answering them in real time, I'm saving them. 
them in the folder. So that way, when we get into a little uh, more fire, rapid fire Q and A, I can bring your question up. So hey, Mark, whatever your question hey, has to do with, just ask it. Don't don't get offended when we're not answering right answering it right away. I'm saving it in a folder for when we bring it up. What were you guys say, Joe? Hey, Mark, real quick, I just have to address this comment, and I don't even want to make light of it too much, but it's not that bad of a comment. It's just it just makes no I sense. I already seen it. I know where you about to even ask this. All businessmen need to lead from the front. That means the chair side of it too. Okay, Juan, then why has it worked for us 10 times? Why? I have never cut hair in my life. So if that's true, then I could see us not being successful. But if we're successful and I don't cut hair, then explain to me how your ideology is right enough for you to even comment that, knowing how much success we've had so far and how I'm showing it to you. So that's the problem right there. You don't need to know the chair side of it. You just need to empathize with the people that are cutting hair. Don't run them to the ground. Give them work-life balance. Make them understand that it's a career. It's not a hobby. And they don't need to be hustling like crazy, cutting till 11 o'clock at night just to make a damn living. That is what you need to figure out. Not cutting hair behind a chair, and that's what's going to make you successful in running your business. Actually, you're less successful when you're behind the chair than when you're not. I, I thought you were going to say this one because because uh, Plug said it, it's funny. People are funny. You're funny, Plugs. I oh, get it. Upgraded. He's an upgraded. Great, uh, great clips. I yeah. get it. Not knocking his business. All re- Hold on. Let me let me let me speak. Uh, no, not knocking said, your business. <laughs> yeah, not knocking. Right. It's the not knocking your business. You did. You did knock. But but one thing that I love somebody also comment commented is is this right here. I think I passed it. Let me see if I passed. A uh, great clips is a multi-million dollar franchise, and that's where I—that's I, where the um, disconnect is in our industry. We take so much, so many shots at places like sports clips and 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 great clips and supercuts in these places, and, and we think they're shots. And like, it, 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 and at the end of the day, bro, these companies, regardless of how we might think we feel about them. They're multi-million dollar businesses. So for us to think that we can't learn something from the way that they're running business, bro, we're wilding. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I haven't been the barber that said the same things that we all have said. If you don't like it, go to Great Clips. I've said things like that earlier in my career. But as I evolve, as I grow, as I get a little bit wiser, I start to think like, bro, how, how can I sit here and even throw shade at a company that has 4,500 stores in the country, bro. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? So, you know, I know you said it's a compliment, bro. You know it wasn't a compliment, but it's all love. You know what I mean? It's all good. And um, we're just here to have a conversation and share perspectives. You know what what I'm saying? So I think I got to bring my man Ozzy on. Yo, Ozzy, what's up, bro? What's going on, guys? Can you guys hear me good? We can hear you. We can't see you. Yeah, is there any way oh, you can man, position that a little uh, different so we can see you better? So you like some light on the floor, dog. That's a little dark. You're a little dark. But we can hear you. Let's see. How's that? I guess it's gonna have to do. We got the ring lights at the shop, man. We got work with Ozzy and his 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 stream setup. We gotta get so you get a fancy stream setup like us. You put stuff in the background and the cool. Appreciate you. I feel like, I feel like I'm in the draft, waiting to be called up, man. <laughs> so Ozzy, I want to ask you, man, because you um on the surface from the outside looking in, I, I think a lot of people 
would argue that you made the cardinal sin by going from a booth rental shop to a commission-based shop. Most people would think it's the total opposite. You start at commission and you go to booth rental and then you're never looking back. But you went from booth rental for, I think Joe said 15 years and went to work with city image as a a commission-based barber. Um, how, How did that even happen? Well, uh, we could thank COVID. Um, COVID shut down. Uh, like everything shut down, and we, uh, you know, bar- uh, barbershops got shut down. Nobody was. If you were, if you weren't uh, on the books and everything, you you were pretty much living off of whatever you had saved up. You know what I mean? So you weren't. You didn't have your your paid vacations, your sick days, your benefits, all the stuff I have now, right? And I, I I had to keep grinding during COVID. I actually had I actually had two jobs during COVID. I was cutting full time from the garage because I couldn't stop, right? And I was working in the warehouse, right? So I was going full time in the warehouse, and I was walking into the garage on the weekends at nine a.m. in the morning, walking out at ten o'clock at night. You know what I mean? So it turns out I was home more, but I was spending less time with the family. So uh, that was one thing where during that time when I went back to the shop after they opened back up. Things were so different that I was like, yo, I'm just going to go back home because I can actually control things at home, right? Uh, due to all the regulations and everything that was going on when things opened back up. And then uh, I got a message on Instagram, you know, got offered an interview. And to be honest, my mindset at the time was like an interview. I don't do interviews. I just walk in the shops, cut, and I got, I got the job, which is usually how it goes with a lot of places. And I came in, and to be honest, uh, my mindset was to say no, because I was doing all right from home, which is what I thought I was. I thought I was doing all right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I was coming from home. I had all the freedom, you know. Uh, And what I did was I just said, yeah, there's nine locations at the time, now 10. There's 10 locations. There's no way these guys are not doing something right. And even if I'm going to say no, it's dumb to not listen, right? So you at least got to know what you're turning down if you're going to turn something down. So I walked in there with an open mind. I had a conversation with Joe. And uh, we had already met prior at the barber supply, like he said. And uh, when I walked in and I met Joe and we, uh, well, when I met him again, we had a conversation and he gave me an interview. And first of all, I didn't even feel like an interview. I felt like I was just talking to somebody I was hanging out with forever already. So the flow was nice. And he just laid everything out for me. And I was like, yo, if I don't give this a shot, bro, like it'd be dumb not to like, so at least let me find out what, what, uh, what I would be missing out on. And if I wouldn't have liked it, I wouldn't be here, but it's amazing, bro. Best decision I've ever made, man. And you know, cardinal sin or not, bro. Like, I give away more money than I make than I made. You know what I mean? Like as as a rental barber, right? But I take home more than I would have ever thought about making as as a rental barber, and that's that's my position. And I and I've been on both sides, so I don't knock the guys that you know they feel like being in a rental shop and commission is highway robbery. But if, when it's done right, it's done right. When it's done wrong, you know. So how many um, rental shops did you work in before you went to, to City Image? Uh, I don't remember if you said that. I might have missed it. Uh, no, I didn't, man. I've, I've worked in a ton of locations, man. I've worked in a ton of locations, and I was forced to bounce around from hood to hood. Like, I've, 
I call it hoods, man. Like, <laughs> you know, hoods, like where it was crazy places where like things were just not being ran right at all. Uh, but the main thing was that kept me bouncing from shop to shop was people not running it right. And there would be times where I would show up, the, uh, there would be no, uh, no electricity or the shop sometimes would just be closed. I don't even know where it's at no more. Uh, there'd be times where, uh, I remember I showed, I went for, I went, I left for lunch one time. I showed up, the inspectors was there. I had to wait till they left to come in and grab my stuff because they shut down the shop. So, you know, this all happened to me with rental shops where people were, yeah, they was keeping all the money, but they wasn't putting it back in. So as a barber, I was taking that hit. So what were some of the, uh, beliefs that you had about, um, commission-based shops or barbers that worked in commission-based shops prior to you actually joining Joe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I don't know how long you've been tuned in, but I shared some of my thoughts earlier. Like I always thought that commission-based shops were mainly for beginner barbers to build up their clientele, then go out on their own, do booth rent. Then you don't go back to a commission. I always thought yeah. early on in my career that working at a, a commission-based shop with them taking 50, 50, 60, 40 or whatever, that there, there wouldn't be no way I was going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Those are some of the things I believe prior to getting the, to seeing like, okay, this is not necessarily true. So uh, what are some things that you thought prior to working for Joe, maybe some things that you were scared of or, or misconceptions you had? Well, uh, again, being on the other side of it, doing booth rent for so many years, right. Um, I did booth rent for 17 years, actually. And, uh, my, my negative beliefs on, uh, commission shops was I didn't see anybody that was giving back. Nobody was putting money into their shops. They were just taking their cut. Now, if you're my mindset was, I'm not going to go in there and grind for you. Cause I work hard, man. I walk in there and I cut, I start cutting when I get there and I, and I don't stop cutting until I leave. Bro. Like, I was forced to take lunches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's my thing. Like I, I, I want to cut through them, but I realized I got to, I got to eat too. You know what I mean? So now my thing is what I do is I, uh, I realized that, I mean, what happened was I realized that these guys here, they were giving back and they were putting their money into the shop. So I started seeing that and I felt good about that. And the fact that I was working as hard as I was working and I was getting it back at no point did it cross my mind. Like, yeah, these guys are just greedy. I did see a lot of guys though prior, which gave me a very sour taste about going to work in a shop that did commission because their barbers were working and working and working and they had nothing to show for it. No benefits, no nothing. And these bar and these bosses were balling shop falling apart, but the boss is balling. You know what I mean? Like here, everybody eats. So I'm happy about that. That's awesome. And somebody asked, um, what's what's your percentage? Is that something you, you're willing to share? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, tell them to tell me how much they make first. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I don't know why, I don't know why that matters. So, so what? I'm doing good. What, I earn a living. You know, because barbers were weird, right? So, like, yeah. we're so focused on these, these vanity metrics instead of the bigger picture. I remember one time I was uh, having a conversation with somebody. I've shared this story a few times, but I was, I was at a, um, a hair show and I was sitting at a table. One was working in a commission-based shop and one was working at a booth rent. And the dude I was working at a commission-based shop, he asked me, he said, yo, Marv, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, do you think paying uh, the, the owner of the shop $500 a week is too much money? And before I even could answer, the dude sitting next to me was like, hell yeah, bro. 
you're getting robbed. And, and, and me, I, I had known better at that time. Prior, earlier in my career, I probably would have said the same thing. Like, bro, you should, what, $500? But at that moment, I had a more of an understanding. So for me, I said, well, hold up. I said, well, what are you getting? And he explained uh, a, a lot of good stuff, kind of like what Joe does for City Image Barbershop. A lot of paid time off. He was actually at that event because the shop owner paid for his ticket and travel there, uh, paid for shop education, a lot of really good stuff, right? And then I asked him, I said, you know, if you don't mind me asking, how much do you make a week? And he said, well, before I pay him, I'm usually making between $2,500, grand a week. So, you know, I'm taking home between $2,000 a week. So for me, I'm like, all right, you seem to be doing pretty good, right? So then I asked the boofriend guy, I'm like, well, you know, what's your situation look like? And I believe he was paying like 150 a week at the time uh, for booth rent, right? And I'm like, well, what does that get you? And um, he was just like, it's my space. That's why I rent. I pay 150 a week. And, uh, you know, I handle everything else. I, you know, I come and go as I please, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, how much roughly are you uh, making a week? And he's like, well, on average, I usually make between $800, $1,000 a week. So it, it was just interesting because in that moment, the, the one barber is paying out 500 a week, right? But the other barber's only paying out 150 a week. But the one that's only paying out 150 a week thought he was in a better position than the barber that was paying out 500 a week just because as barbers, we're so conditioned to focus on how much the owner is getting or what's the percentage split rather than taking a step back and um, looking at the, the whole picture to see, you know, is, is there a fair exchange in value? And, and how is this impacting my, my life overall? I mean, if you're paying $500 a week and you're making a nice chunk of money, you got paid time off, you got, you know, an owner that's paying for education, paying for you to go to these places. I mean, you're doing all right. So, you know, I say all that because you, I'm sure you've been there too. Like when we're especially younger or newer in this industry. And unfortunately, even as we grow and evolve, we don't necessarily grow and evolve, um, uh, business wise. A lot of times we just focus on that, um, that vanity metric. And it's like, well, what's your percentage? Yeah. It's like, what does it, bro? I'm, I'm making good money. I'm making really good money. I pay time off, spending more time with my family. Like the pressure, a lot of the pressure's off me. You probably don't even really have to market yourself like that. If you don't want to, you show up, you cut hair, you go home, you know? I don't so got I, time to post, man. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's the crazy part. Like I want to post, but I'm too busy working. Like, and it's not even a flex. It's just, that's what it is. Like, and, but for me, I'm not a big poster anyway. But yeah. to be honest, man, like as when it came to when it came to working in, in, in Bullfront, I thought I was doing all right. Turns out I wasn't. Um, Ozzy, like I Ozzy, said, you're we could be honest. The person we were showing was you. Right. We know that already. I just say you're the top. Yeah. Earner. He's at 100K a year already. And it's September and we haven't even gone through busy season. Okay. Barbers drop some fire emojis and, in the chat. And that's including and that's, work, not and that's not including cash tips. Okay. So anybody who's over here commenting, like, you know, what did you used to do? What did you used to, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ozzy, you making more money now than you ever have? No, I do, have, yes. Doing what you love? I know, I'm in the honeymoon phase still. That's it. <laughs> that's what it is. I need to put that on a shirt. Give me a shirt, Mark. That's I it. I love it, bro. And, and I'm, you got to DM me. I have to make you that shirt. And I wasn't trying to cut you off. It's just like some of these people are just like ridiculous. Nah, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, man. Yeah. You know what it is? I, 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 I could do things now I could never do as a as a percent as a booth barber. 
I, well, I could show up now with my W-2s. I could show up now with my proof of taxes. I could walk into dealerships and they tell me what color you want. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's different now. Like, and yeah. Listen. You don't want to pay percentage? You don't. also, you won your time back, too. That's what you did. You won your time back. And that's what's it. That's what it's about in life. Right. What do we talk about today, Ozzy? What happens when people say because um, one of the comments, uh, not one of a lot of the comments that I was hearing is, oh, come you go to if you're in commission, you're capping yourself. OK, so what 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 do we have to say about that? A cap is a great thing, man. If you actually cap means you, you hit the ceiling, bro. You, you just now it's time to start chasing even more. That's what it means. If you're capping, you're maximizing your potential. So now it's time to start diversifying your income. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that's the point is there's nothing wrong with capping or feeling like you're capped, quote unquote, because you can uncap yourself in different ways, right? Like first thing you could do is buy your time back, right? Imagine making a lot of money as a barber and not working Fridays and Saturdays because you're so booked that don't work Saturdays, all right? And they make a lot, they, they do really well, right? So they were able to now spend time with their family. They had to put their time in to get there, right? So my point is you can win your time back by un- being uncapped or you can take that money, right? Because now capped money means what? You know what you're going to make, right? There's no misconception. There's no scarcity. There's no, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be busy next week. Like, no, no, no. Like you're going to be busy next week. You're going to be busy the week after and the week after that. And we got to that, right? So now if you're going to buy a two-family house, you know what you can afford. And then you take that and that's rental income, right? If you're going to put money into stocks or into any other investment, you know what you can do because you know what you're going to make. So there's nothing wrong with quote-unquote being capped. It's just now how are you going to uncap yourself? And the first thing people think of, unfortunately, is I got to be a business owner to uncap yourself. Yeah, that's fine. It'll work for some people, but for the majority, it won't. And now what you're doing is you're buying yourself a job instead of doing really well working for somebody and maybe even partnering up with them who has a system already and still having your time to yourself. Because when you become a business owner, if you become a real one, a real one, not someone that just thinks that they're going to become business owners to work less, you're going to be working a lot more and, oh, but I'm working for myself. Yeah, that's great. You're working for yourself, but you're, you better you better have a good support team behind you, right? Yeah, very true. And it's the it's the it's the thinking, guys. You know, would you rather have a whole grape or a nice big piece of uh, watermelon? You know, like we 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 this man. That's gonna have to be a whole topic for another conversation. I, I, uh, <laughs> I notice uh, a lot of barbers they 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 don't they don't like the idea of having to show up at a certain time and leaving at a certain time but what that does is that gives you structure structure gives you stability stability gives you job security right so what that does is uh now that i work uh structured right because before i could show up at whatever time i wanted i could leave at whatever time i wanted and that didn't hold me accountable so now that i could that i'm there by a certain time and i'm out by a certain time i've got more time to manage and do things I want to get done. So now I've actually, now because I'm locked into a schedule, I've actually got more control of my time, right. which is mm-hmm. a big difference. And a lot of barbers want freedom, but too much freedom hurts your pockets. 
Mm, I love it. I love it because there's I forget how it was broken down, so I I don't want to butcher it. But basically, I remember I was listening to a podcast and they were explaining how if you really want freedom, you got to be disciplined. Right. It's like we think freedom is a free for all, <laughs> you know, it's just do, do whatever you want. But ultimately, to create the freedom you want, it's going to require you to be disciplined. So I guess to a degree, that's what you're experiencing right now. So, Ozzy, we appreciate you for tapping in, bro. Keep grinding. Keep no doing problem, your thing. Um, thanks for hopping on a live. I know this is it can be an uncomfortable thing for people to do. So just the fact you did it, I, I, I appreciate it especially if you're not familiar with like posting and all of that, it's probably out of your comfort zone. So shout outs to you for that. Um, thank you for tapping in, bro. Shout out. Thank, you, thank you so thank much, you, bro. Man. Yes, sir. And uh, real quick, got a shout out Antonio with the $2. Uh, I forget what these are called. Somebody let me know in the chat what these are called. And then the millionaire barber just coming in. He said, I'm the millionaire barber. I'm going to show you how this is done guys. Dropping the $50, whatever this is called guys. I appreciate all you guys that are, um, sharing the uh paying the two dollars 49 was a little od bro you ain't have to do that we appreciate you um for that guys how you feel about ozzy man uh, show some love to ozzy in the chat getting on a live is not the most comfortable thing to do putting yourself on camera and speak and answer questions in front of 230 people is not the easiest thing to do so the fact that he did it can we show ozzy some um, love in the chat for sure. City Image, City Image Barbers win together in the chat. That's one of our core values. I've seen a bunch of them post it. Hashtag win together in the chat if you're still in this. Appreciate y'all. And again, just want to remind you guys if you haven't, we're going to be on this for at least another half hour or so. Ask questions. I'm putting them in the folder so that way we can do a, a rapid fire QA. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Follow the Barber Guru if you haven't done so already. And also make sure you take a screenshot and uh, share it to your story. One thing that we're both going to do, me and and Joe, I see he's holding up these books. So one second, Joe, one second. Uh, I know one thing we're going to do is um, whoever takes a screenshot, shares it to their story. After we get off of the live, we're going to go through the messages and uh, we're running a a couple promos tonight. So what we're going to do is send you guys special promos um, for sharing the screenshot of this to your story. That will be you'll be able to, to take advantage of. But only you guys are going to get it for sharing the screenshot um, to your story. So make sure you guys do that if you haven't done so already. And Joe, what was what were you just holding up? What was that about? Yeah. So I want to get Julian's comment because he's been asking. But so basically, these are two books that we wrote and usually they're ebooks, but we also printed them out. I want to give away I want to give away three of these for free. Um, I'll ship it right to your house uh, or to your business, wherever. The first one is the uh, sorry. The first one is the owner mindset, right? So, like, whether you're an owner already or you want to become an owner, you have to have the mi- right mindset. This is a small, short book, easy to read to get you to, into that mindset to make you understand what that means. The second one is after you have the owner mindset, you want to start building a team, right? There you go, Marv's got it, and you want to start building a team. You got the team building secrets. This is a big part of our business is how to build a winning team and how not to just hire the barber and hire a great person who just happens to know how to cut hair. Okay. All this is a lot of information is in these two books. We're giving three of them away three sets, by the way. So six books altogether, three sets of these for free. Um, I don't know how you want to, I guess anybody who screenshots this right here and tags us, uh, I'll pick, I'll pick three winners from there. So, guys, real quick, we'll leave this on the screen real quick. Just hold those up. Um, take a screenshot, right? Share it to your IG story. Make sure you tag It's Marvy Marv and tag 
at the Barber Guru. You got to make sure you tag us right. All right. At It's Marvy Marv and at the Barber Guru. All right. And Joe's going to pick three of you guys to send those books to. And then we'll also um, send you the special promos that we're going to be running for those of you who um, tagged and, and, and shared um, to the story. Where uh, So Raymond's, uh, Ramon says, where do I purchase? He's like, you know, I don't, maybe I win, but if I don't, where do I buy? Same thing Javier said. Where do I buy if I don't get it free? Where could they go, bro? If you go on the links in, our, in my profile, uh, there's the links for the digital copy of the of these books uh, that I think they're $9.99 each. So, yeah, okay. just go on the links in my bio. Uh, so so what, what he's saying is you go on his page and you click the link and here for the links and then it will bring up this tab. It's all right. You can click follow link. You'll be good. Ain't nothing going to happen. And then you'll see right, right here. So, yep. so you see the owner uh, mindset that will pop up. That, that one will pop up. Um, and then there's the um, let me go back to this tab, the team building one. And this one will pop up. All right, you guys got it. So if you don't win, that's where you can purchase those. And how much are they if they don't win and they want to buy them? I think they're nine ninety nine each. Okay, so bro, come on, it's a cost of uh, edge up. And uh, Mr. Capella says thank you, Joe. Thank you. Same thing you're offering with the course, uh, with with the price of the course. What we're offering tonight with one ninety seven. I mean, you bought sneakers that were more expensive, and what did that do for you? You know, but you're buying you're buying a course that's going to teach you how to scale your barbershop. Or even if you're not going to own one yet and you're about to own one in six months, why not get ahead of the game, right? So, so just to, let's let's re, 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 let's take a couple, few steps back, right? This this course, what what exactly is this? It says it's called the Online Barbershop Owner Masterclass. What comes with it? Can I can I share my screen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, let me share the screen. Let me just let me just show them. Uh, okay, that's love, Javier. Appreciate that. So basically, what the one ninety seven? Joe, hold up, Joe, hold up, hold up, Joe, hold up, Joe. I gotta talk to Joe real quick, Joe G. It's hard to take advice from borrowing from someone who hasn't ever cut hair, man. I don't know. Am I? Am I? Let me ask you something, Joe G. Is barbering a business? Yes or no? All right. Is Joe running a business? Yes or no? So the idea that you can't learn something from a somebody that's running a business where number one, they have 10 locations and how many barbers total? About 50. About 50 barbers total, 10 locations. He, regardless if you agree with everything he says or not, to think that you can't learn from, from somebody that doesn't cut hair is going to be one of the most limiting beliefs that you could ever hold. I'll tell you what, bro, I've learned so much about business and, and, and myself as a person and, and everything in my life from people uh, outside of barbering. Don't get caught in the bubble of thinking that you can only learn from barbers, bro. At the, it, it, regardless of if I see you comment, it just feels less genuine, bro. That is one of the most limiting beliefs you could have. So what I would say to you is. If, if you want to keep that belief, you have all the power in the world to do so. Go ahead. I mean, there probably is a time in my life, I definitely know younger, where I would have felt that same way, where it's like, dude, don't even cut hair. What does he know, right? But knowing what I know now, as I've evolved and grew, when I could take a step back and look and say, okay, this dude doesn't cut hair, 
but he has 10 locations and they have 50 barbers. He's pulled up receipts of barbers that have made very good money. They're, they're doing some very good things. Their culture is in here. They have barbers in the chat that are, are saying very good things. Maybe I can learn something from this dude. You know what I'm saying? So I, you take and do what you want with that information. I just felt like I just wanted to share that for you and anybody else on here who might be thinking the same thing. Cause I know there's probably a few of you on here that are like, well, this dude, this dude don't, don't cut hair. Yo, uh, yo, yo, you, said, look, look, Joe, he said, I hear you. I hear you. I'll listen to you, Marv, yeah, cause you look, a barber. <laughs> Joe, there we go, Joe G. Joe, we got the same name, man. Like yeah, how do you yeah. not want to listen? But the thing is this, if I was sitting here trying to, trying to teach you how to fade then i could see you saying that Facts. but like i'm teaching you business and why not learn it from someone like me who actually has 10 businesses in your industry as opposed to learning from someone that doesn't have 10 businesses in your industry but you'll still learn from them but wouldn't you want to learn from someone who's doing it in your industry just because i'm not cutting hair again if i teach you how to fade you can you can tell me I'm trash because I don't know how to fade, right? Joe, but, you ever get on my live trying to tell us different fade techniques that we should try out, Joe? I might have to get you the boot, bro. <laughs> I can show you. I can show you a haircut I've done before, and watching so many for so long, they're actually not terrible, but there's nowhere I can't charge for them. That's for sure. So, um, everyday person might be all right with it, but you, the exactly. barbers, would rip you apart, bro. I don't know if we're ready for that because you might want to scream nah. at all of it. <laughs> no. Nah. So what you got on the screen? So again, we were, we were talking ready. about anyway. So let's just yeah. So the course, right? Let's just finish plugging the course. And and, and the reason why is there's a ton of value, right? So the part that's that we're that we're discounting tonight to 197 is the videos portion only, right? Once you watch all these videos, you then qualify for our coaching program. And that's a monthly coaching with private calls and group calls where, because learning, you could learn a lot from videos. Of course, I'm going to show you these, all these videos and, 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 and how much content we do have. These are all videos on the left-hand side, by the way, but then to really take it to the next level, you need coaching. And, and Mark, I know you said you've spent so much money in coaching already from so many different things you've gone to masterminds and stuff like that. Chris Basio said he spent $20,000 in, in, in just one, one program himself. 30,000, like, you know, 30,000, so, one program, 30,000, sorry, 30,000, you know? So but the start is this, this is the start, you know? So these are the videos, right? And the sections are developing the right mindset, right? We want to get you to develop that right mindset. Even if you're an owner already, you can learn from this. That doesn't mean that you have the wrong mindset, but maybe you can improve your mindset with this. Uh, then next is a self-assessment. You kind of look at what your business is, what your brand is, right? Um, who you are as a, as, a, as a business owner or as a barber, right? Next is establishing your vision, right? How do you want your business to be? Not only the way it looks, but the way it feels, what customer you're going to have. We're going to teach you how to do a customer avatar, a mission statement, all these different things. Then there's team building. Look how big the team building section is. That's how big of a part of our business this is. So we needed this section to be huge, right? Because if you don't have a winning team with you, you're not going to win. It doesn't matter because as we saw last night or two nights ago, they spent all that money on Aaron Rodgers, and in the third mm. play of the game, he's out for the season. Now, what do you have? What uh, terrible! And now, what do you rely on? You have to rely on the rest of the team to get you to that Super Bowl, right? So, if they only signed Aaron Rodgers and didn't care about everybody else, well, I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl. Maybe because he's got he's a, he's brilliant, but now they really have to rely on a team. So. 
building a winning team is a very important part, and it's a ton of videos on those. Then it's you have to create a system. People run the systems. That's from the book called The E-Myth, revisited by Michael Gerber. And if you can get that into your head, you're going to understand business so much better, right? Yes, people need to be there for your business. But if you don't give them systems, it's going to be hard for them to know what to do. So you have to create the systems that then people can run, okay? And then the last thing is maintaining consistency and growth. You can do great things in six for six months, a year. But if you don't consistently do it and know how to consistently do it, you're not going to grow. And then you're just going to revert back to the easiest way to do things, right? That's what human nature Let's say, you know, you're working out, you're going hard for six months, and then the easiest thing to do is to just stop. It's hard to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go work out and all these different things, right? It's easy to not do that. So that's what we teach in this in these videos. Um, and like I said, once you watch, uh, you know, all of them are about 60 to 70% of them, and that's when you qualify for the coaching program. But the first thing you got to do is watch these videos. Ton of value, over 80 videos, over 150 slides. The videos look something like, I don't know, uh, look something like this, right? They all look like this, where it's a slide. Got you. So basically, it's a slideshow, and it's me talking about it in every single video, okay? So I'm not just showing you – I'm not just telling you to go through a slideshow. You're not just hearing a voiceover. Like, I, we put in a lot of work into this, okay? And we're giving it away for $197. Usually, the video portion is $1,000, right? Because we want to attack more and more people in the industry, we want to get it into more – we understand that not everybody can spend $1,000. And if we can help them with just these videos, and even if they can't get into the coaching program right away, that's fine. But at least they have these that they can have as a resource to always revert back to. And that's my pitch on this. I think it's a great course. If there's any course members that are uh, that are in this live, shoot a comment right now uh, uh, and tell people great you love the program i love it joe we uh we appreciate you putting putting that together and and what i will say to you guys is this right i i understand where when you you see somebody talking about a course i understand the jokes i understand the hesitation i understand the oh everybody's got a course Right. I, I get it. Right. And especially if you're somebody that's never actually invested into a program or, or a, a course or anything like that, I can understand the hesitation because I've been there. Right. And I've also had the the mindset where I thought to myself, well, why would I pay for something that I can just learn on my own? Right. I could go on Google. I can go on YouTube. I can do all of that for free. Why am I going to pay for it? And 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 what I've learned is that when you are are buying uh, courses and programs, number one, you want to start with asking yourself, okay, is the person whose program I'm going to buy, are they credible? Have they ha do they have the resume to to make the claims that they're making with their program, right? So if you had if you were going to invest in a, a course or a program, somebody talking about how to uh, you know, it was called the barbershop owner masterclass and it's coming from somebody that you, you can't even verify owns a shop. I get it. Right. It's, it's like, why, why am I going to spend my money on that? Right. But when, when you look at somebody who owns 10 locations, whether you agree they should be booth rent or commission, right. 
Either way, he owns 10 locations, right? So when you see somebody that that's doing that and you're wondering, okay, is, is, am I going to actually gain some value from this? I mean, bro, I think the answer is pretty obvious that there's probably going to be something of value in that program, right? You're probably going to learn a thing or two. You're probably going to be able to um, save yourself a, a lot of headaches and, 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 and save yourself a lot of money in the long run. And, and think about it this way, right? Just a, an analogy, right? Because a lot of you guys think, well, Marv, I can just figure this out on my own. I can search it on my own. An analogy to, to hopefully drive the point I'm trying to make to you home is imagine you went on vacation somewhere, right? And you went to a nice spot and you went with your family and you wanted to see all of the nice places that are in that spot, right? With you not being from that spot or not really knowing where to go, you're kind of playing the guessing game, right? You might sit on Google. You might ask a few people where you should go. And ultimately, you might go to see a nice place or two. But then when you leave from that vacation, you might get back home and come to find out you didn't get to see a lot of the nice stuff that was at that spot you went to, right? Whereas if instead of trying to figure out what to do or where to go on your own, when you went on that va- vacation, you booked a tour guide, right? Or, 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 or you booked, booked somebody to show you around the area and take you to all of the nice places. Now you spend a little money to book that tour guide, but now you could be certain that you're going to be able to, to visit some of the, the, the premier places or the top places in that area. So that way, when you get back home from vacation, now you know that you got to see some of the, the best places that you were going to be able to see at that location. So it's the same thing when it comes to classes and courses, guys. Sure, uh, uh, over enough, a long enough time period, sure, you can learn a lot of stuff on your own, right? But why waste your time doing that when you can buy proven systems and organized systems to help guide you in the right direction and save yourself so much time and headaches and ultimately money in the long run, right? Because you might make some mistakes that ultimately cost you um, a lot more than $197, right? So if you're somebody that's in a shop that's thinking about uh, leveling up your shop or maybe you want to revamp your shop or maybe you're thinking about opening a shop one day, uh, this is going to be some of the best 197 that you've ever spent um, in your life. So again, the link to to check it out is in the description and he's doing a crazy offer for you guys. He's looking out for you guys. So um, make sure you take advantage of that. All right, Joe, I want to ask you a question real quick. I seen a good question pop up. Are you still there with me, Joe? You look froze on my screen. I don't know if you're still there. Can you hear me, Joe? Uh, yes. You good? Hello? Yeah. Can you guys hear us? Let us know in the chat if you can hear us. I can hear you now. So um, Steven says, hi, I'm an owner of a barbershop who does booth rent. My question is, how would you begin transitioning from a booth rent barbershop to a, a commission-based shop when you have several barbers? That's a scary thought. And I think that, I, you know what I honestly think? I think, here's what I honestly think before you answer that. I think we have a lot of barbers in our industry. And y'all can tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. I know I'm not. But I think we have a lot of barbers who opened up shops, whether it's usually one, right? Because most people don't open up two or more, especially if we're doing booth rent. I think we have a lot of people that open up barbershops, start as booth rent because we come from the uh, mind frame of, I don't want to rob our barbers. I don't want to be looked at as a thief. I want to make it affordable so we can all eat and win. And I think what happens is, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, over a long enough time period, the owner realizes, like, the way I 
went about this was all wrong. It didn't really make sense, right? Even even my numbers just aren't making sense. And maybe you're not making as much profit as you thought you were going to make. And you're looking at all this time and energy invested. And you're thinking like, man, this is just not really even working the way I thought it was working. And then what happens is we get introduced to the commission mindset. And I know a lot of bootfront barbers that are bootfront shop owners that have t- at least told me have said, if I know what I if I knew what I know now, I would have just opened a commission based shop. Right. So I think we have a lot of booth rent owners in our industry that would love to make that transition, but are terrified of making that transition because we don't know how to. Right. Because when we do make that transition, yeah, we might lose some people. So the fear of losing people is a very real thing. So, you know, with all that being said, what would be your advice, Joe? I don't even know if you've. Yeah, I'm assuming you probably never had to do that, but what would be your advice to Steve that I'll bring his comment back up on the screen, but he's thinking about making a transition from um, booth rent to commission. Yeah. Yeah. And Steven, I know he bought the course the other day. Thank you so much, Steven. Um, so listen, that's happened. I've had course members that have had to deal with this and do this. There's been a few of them actually. And what I always say is you need to, Evaluate who's on your team first. Who do you keep that you know is going to ride with you and is going to trust your judgment to make the to, to make a change in the business that's like this? The next is who's on, who are you on the fence about that if you have a conversation with him and you outline everything correctly, they might they might take it the right way or they might not, and then you might have to let them go. And then who can you absolutely not stand? going like that you know they they're not a part of your business and they're never going to go for this but you also don't want them in there anyway and get rid of them immediately the problem is that most of the time i'm telling you right now marv if there's six barbers maybe one they want to keep five they want to let go and now you have to make the decision and say to yourself can i can i get rid of all my barbers and start over right hold hold that thought i don't want to cut you off but Vinny, Vinny, if you're i seen you left a comment you said I did it overnight. Literally, luckily, I had their trust and it went well. Vinny, type your email in the in the chat if you still want to go live, and I'm gonna shoot you over a link so you can click on it, and then we'll bring you on to talk for like five ten minutes. Sorry about that, Joe. Yeah, no problem. So that's the hard part, right? Is that in most cases, in most cases, uh, they have to fire their entire team, and then you have to make a decision to say, do I have it in me? To grind it out by myself, if I am a barber, right? Grind it out by myself, even if it means getting rid of everybody and closing one more day a week and just because I can't work seven days or whatever, or six days, and starting over and sticking to that plan and only hiring good people who just happen to cut hair. And that is that is my first advice I give everybody. Assess your team. Who are A, B, and C players? Get rid of your C players. And if someone's on offense you gotta you you gotta stay strong with it and say hey now if that one or two people that you do want to keep on board it's okay to give them a higher commission because you need them to be the, the you you want them to be the, the you know the the foundation of the business right so you give them a little more than you would give a new barber because they are making a change and it's a life-changing change and if they trust you enough they're gonna do it right? As long as you give them a plan and you make them understand that they're going to grow and it's going to be better for the entire business because you can profit more, you can give more, all that stuff. You're going to have to take care of them a little bit more than everybody else. But then you start the process of bringing on more people and, 
and now you're paying them the way that you, you should be paying them, right? A base pay plus some commission and give them incentives going forward. And now you build a business, right? But you have to start with getting rid of most of your team because I can guarantee you that anybody in here that has a chair rental shop, most they probably want everyone gone. <laughs> yo, it is interesting, right? Like, yo, as barbers, you know, when when we're th- like to think about making any drastic change to our shop, it's always like, all right, man, this is gonna be tough, and I might we might lose some people, right? Uh, speaking from an industry standpoint, but it's funny because a lot of barbers are scared to to lose the barbers that they actually kind of want to get rid of anyway <laughs> you know it, it it is interesting and that could be the way i guess that you kind well, of listen, revamp and, and start well, listen, from scratch but you can't go into business scared and you have to be able to risk it all that's and that's the problem is uh safe business is not business right in a sense of like if you go in safe to anything you're never going to do anything beautiful and, and, and special, right? That's just not going to happen. So you have to take risks in business. And that's the problem in the barber industry. It's really not risky to open up a barber shop, especially if you do it with like cheap, you know, chairs from China and you just slap some paint on the wall and some crappy stations that, you know, those tool chests or whatever that are easy to buy and just, you don't need any installation. You just put them up, right? Not saying the tool chests are crappy, but there's no installation needed. You know, you just, you put the brake on and it's there, right? Uh, some lights that are whatever that came with the business. It doesn't cost much to open up a barbershop. And then if you cut hair, then there's not much risk there, right? But then that's when you don't do anything special, right? You have to take risks. And getting rid of your entire team for the greater good, even if it means you're going to make less money for, for six months to a year, if you can take that risk, then do it because I can guarantee you even making less money, you'll be happier when you don't have a bunch of knuckleheads around you. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I- I'm going to trigger you real quick. All right. So get ready. You probably already annoyed. This ain't the lie for me. This is for shop owners who want to make more money. Deuces. Man, Joe again. Hey, Joe, Joe again. Acting up again. Deuces, man. Sorry. It's not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. And you're not for me either, but it's all good. We got the same name. So have a good night, bro. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for t- if it took you an hour and fifty three minutes to realize it's not for you. Damn. Thank you though. Thank you, um, Vinny. I need you to type your email. It says, "Can you see it?" I can see that comment, but I don't see your your email. I need you to type your email in the chat so that way I can send you the invite. And what's going to happen is when I send you the invite, it's going to come in your uh your email. And then it just, you know, uh, shout out to Joji. And then he just, he needs some attention. We got you, Joe. We love you, bro. Like we love you, dude. Um, at, what's going to happen is when you comment or comment your email, it's going to shoot you over the link. You click on it and you should be able to tap right in, but I don't see your email in the chat. Um, so make sure you, you type it in, um, the chat. So, you know, Javier said, he, he took all the knowledge and he leaving. <laughs> he, he came in, hey, robbed the bank. Uh, this is the question that keep, this is the question that Julian keeps asking this. Uh, let, let, let's let's because yep. he asked it a lot of yep. times. I had to say that was going to be my next one. All right, cool. Sorry about that. I'm yes, glad so, no, you're good. You be, you, we're on the same page. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. So thoughts on 70-30 split, no benefits or anything, no W-2 and given 1099 independent contractor with little marketing. Okay, uh, he probably wasn't in the chat when I talked about this. Okay, you can do whatever you want, but the legal way is not ten nine is not ten ninety nine because a ten ninety nine is an independent contractor. If you are making the person that's working at your shop 
come in at the time you need them to come in, pay the uh, charge the prices you need them to charge, wear the T-shirt that you want them to wear, rep the brand, have the customer service that you want them to have, all these different things that comes along with being part of your shop. That's not an independent contractor. And if you do get caught by the government, I'm going to tell you what they're going to do. They're going to want you to pay back, ta- back tax on all the money you've been giving him on 1099, you're going to have to pay 15% payroll tax, right, uh, for your employer payroll tax, plus penalties, which will essentially put you out of business. And then what it's going to do is you're going to go bankrupt because you're not going to be able to pay it, right? Because there's so many penalties keep compounding. If you do this for years and years and years, they go back seven years, right? So my point is, like, yes, you can do it. And are the chances of you getting caught? No, probably not. Not that high because obviously a lot of people are doing it, right? And there's so many barbershops, but you're still, when you're not W-2, when you're not doing W-2, they're not technically feeling like an employee. And the benefits of being an employee are all the benefits that you should provide as a business owner, right? So they're always going to be one foot in, one foot out. And so, yeah, but if you're going to do 1099, which I don't agree then 70 30 is fine because you don't have to pay payroll tax. You're probably not doing, you just said no benefits. Yeah. So yeah, give your 70 30, but that's exactly what's wrong with this. That that's, that's what started this whole conversation of we need to elevate. That's not elevating. That's only doing what is being done already. Got you. So do you see a way that a, a booth rent barber shop owner, if they have one shop can um, provide health insurance for their workers? Or is that something that would require multiple shops or? Yeah. So it does, you know, no, you can offer health insurance. I don't know about free, but you, you, anybody could provide health insurance. I think in the state, I think in the country, I think you need to have like, you need to only contribute 10% or something, you know? So like you can provide it, uh, but in order to provide it, you have to be W2. You have to provide it based on employees, right? You can't uh, redirect health does 1099, but that's it. The person who is a 1099 has to apply for it. You know, it's not, it doesn't come from the business. So the question, so the answer is no. Got you. Now what you could do it is you could do it another way is like, you know, let's say you have like, all right, listen, you get your own insurance and I'll contribute, you know, I'll cut you a check for, you know, 200, $300 a, a month to compensate some of that for you. But chair rental shops don't make enough money to do that anyway. You can't generate enough profits to do any of those things. Gotcha. So let me say, bring Vinny on. So I emailed him the link. Um, we're waiting for Vinny. Vinny actually sent me a receipt. He sent me the P&L um, from his shop last year. And um, he grossed total income was over a million dollars for his commission-based shop. One sh- one location? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I, I It might be. That's, um, that's phenomenal. <laughs> That's going to be wild, but I'm waiting for him to um, – here he is. I think he's right there. So what I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to bring Vinny on, let him let him uh, speak for like five, ten minutes. Guys, when you got questions, uh, ask your questions. I'm going to be starring them and putting them over to the uh, – you know, in the folder, and we'll try to uh, make sure we hit on a few of them. Again, real quick before I bring Vinny on, we about to bring him on. I see him backstage. He's warming up. He's shadow boxing. It's about to get real – Barbers, take a screenshot, share this to your um, story. If you haven't done so already, let the people know we're giving some game out over here. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, and make sure you follow the Barber Guru. So, um, again, we're about to bring um, Vinny on real quick. And before I do, let me just uh, let me just pull this. Where's my um, 
Let me see if I'm gonna be able to pull this up. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Because uh, this is what he sent me. Let me see if I can. Window. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not it. Entire. Sh- no. How do I? Somebody's kind. Con- what? What you said? That's not. I'll figure out a way to bring it up. We're going to bring Vinny on while I'm figuring out a way to bring this up. Um, but he sent me a PL. He sent me the receipts. So he's coming with receipts. So uh, let's uh, add my man Vinny to the stage. Yo, Vinny, what's up, bro? What's up, Mar? How you doing, bro? Uh, first and foremost, I want to say I appreciate you um, for reaching out, for engaging in the comment section on the post and then reaching out and um, being willing to come on the platform and share some insight. Um, What's cool, too, is we got, you know, a handful of people tuned in that are excited to hear from you. And so it's making me a little excited to hear from you, too. And especially after you sent that um, the P&L, which I'm going to try to pull up. But uh, it, I believe it said that you grossed over a million dollars last year from from your shop. Is that correct? Yeah. So we did um, uh, a little. I think it, last year, I think we were like one point two, one point one, something like that last year. Um so yeah, we we're one location. We have uh, eleven barbers, twelve with myself. Uh, Joe, shout out to you too, bro. I appreciate you, man. Everything that, you. that you're you're dropping this knowledge, man. And thank you. You know, if if it's 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 real serious, man, because the barber industry is is um it's growing, and there's a lot more owners like you guys were saying that are very aware as to where they're losing money, but they're just afraid to take that leap and go into um into a commission-based shop. However, you know, the reality is, is that I really started to learn money whenever I got my first location. And I was like, man, I'm losing big time with a commission-based shop as, as an owner. And so what I really started to do was just hone in on, on KPIs, key performance indicators that I could make my money, how I, how I, how I'm losing money, uh, projected incomes uh, from percentages to, uh, the barber in the chair to to how much hours he's working to how much we're charging. So I really started to hone in on my business and 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 at the end of the day, you know, I started to come up with solutions and and the number one thing that that helped me the most was uh, like you were just saying, Joe. You know, you had to reevaluate your team and seeing who's who's with you, who's going to ride with you. And at the end of the day, Marv and Joe, you know, we, man, we were able to get to a point in 2020. We did um, right at a million after covid so from may to december we did a million what's crazy is is 2019 we were at like literally 200,000 so from 200,000 in 2020 when i switched to the commission i mean we went up to a million and then 21 we started gaining more momentum and so now this year you know we're looking to kill it over half of my barbers are making over six figures you know what i mean and so um the reality is is what it is i mean if you feel like like booth rent is for you hey more power to you if you really want to go to the bank and get a house and build a house and go and get a car like like ozzy was saying shout out to ozzy too man that was that was dope and you know a lot of my barbers that came on with me they were i mean working two jobs uh, doing uber one one of my barbers was able to go and have back surgery and he was out for five months and still had plenty of bread he was you know sitting up and so i mean you know it just goes on and on and on so yeah i mean we're to the point now where uh, literally, I have skimmed back all of my business just recently to see if I can grow anymore. And I'm to the point where I'm, I'm like capped out on, on this particular location. I mean, can, can I can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. 
So I see here cost of goods sold. That's always uh, that's always labor, right? Usually right. In, the, in the in uh. So now contract labor. That's the eight fifty one, right? Uh, let me see. Yes, yes. So now that's so the ten ninety nines. Yes, sir. So now imagine. Okay, this is where I'm. This is where like. You know, you're, I would assume at these price at this amount, you're at about thirty or thirty five dollars a haircut, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, because I did the math, it seems like your average barber is grossing about nineteen hundred per week. You know, some more, some less, right? Yep. Of like gross gross sales, which is about thirty, you know, thirty thirty five dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So now, imagine if on top of that, the eight fifty one, which is salary, basically, you know, payroll, mm-hmm. right? Times 015 percent in payroll tax. That's another another hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars that you would be paying in payroll tax, yep. em- employer payroll tax. So now, yep. if you deduct that from the total net income, which to me it looks like the net income is somewhere around two hundred thousand, now you're profiting only about seventy five k on a million dollar on a one point one million dollar business. That, right. my friend, right? And I'm gonna I'm here with you. I'm there with you. Yep. It's pathetic, right? Yep. Yep. You see how sad that is? Yep. You see how sad that is? Because in another industry, if yep. you're grossing $1.1 million, right, and your and your payroll should be 35%, and let's even call it 40% on the higher end, okay, that's $440,000 in payroll. That's half of the amount in payroll, not even including payroll tax, that yep. you're paying not you have enough to invest in other things but the problem is you say you're capped out and that's because you can't raise your prices much more because whatever area you're in or maybe you feel like it's your you're going to lose a lot of your clientele and 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 that's the point is it's pathetic that we as an industry including ourselves are seeing numbers like this where the number is so high but then the profits are so low because of how much commission you have to give, and it's understandable. Your barbers need to make money. Yep. If it were, if you were charging them forty percent, they wouldn't be able to make a living, man. Right? Yep. So you have to yep. give them sixty. You're probably doing about sixty percent, right? Sixty. Uh, it varies. It varies in between there from sixty oh, all the varies. way to eighty. Yeah. So, so it varies, right? Yep. So, like, you have to because they need to make a living. Yep. So that's the point. Is in another industry that's not normal. If this is a if this is a hair salon, and they're grossing one point one million, their cost of goods sold will be right around five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. that would be their cost of goods sold. So you yep. see how this is what I meant originally, and I'm gonna I'll have you talk because I, I don't want to keep interrupting. Sure. This is what I meant where. We need to raise the industry from the bottom up because then people like you, people like our company and a lot of other companies are doing the right thing can now take that bottom number and then go higher from there. Right. Yeah. So, and so bo- that, that's the whole reason for the live. Right. I mean, it's to bring awareness to barbers yes. in the industry as to where we're at. And so the reality is for me is is when you look at numbers that Joe's putting up, when you look at these numbers that one location that we are doing is putting up, the, the reality is, is it can be done. So it's that like we got to at some point we got to draw the line and say, hey, that's enough with the excuses. That's enough with all of the has been should have could have would have. Like at some point, we're going to have to take ownership of our own industry, of your own chair, of your as an owner. You take ownership of your business and then you start to scale your business and grow your business. Now, you know, Joe, for you, you're, you're doing it on a bigger scale. You know, you're having people, you know, paying uh, um benefits or whatnot what have you right of course the more volume you get the more you can do 
But in the flip side of it, where this is the part where it kind of gets sticky, man, because, you know, booth renters, they're quick to say, well, I'm not going to give all that money. Well, you guys got to remember, too, that's not including my money that I make as me cutting. Right. So my money that I make, I turn around and reinvest back right. into the location so I can continue to grow. So we have 12 barbers. I mean, we have, you know, we're in where it's a nice barbershop. You know what I mean? I, I'm, we're not in a slum. So I'm, I invest a lot. I'm paying for credit card fees. I'm paying for processing fees. I'm paying for monthly fees. I'm paying for education. I'm paying. I mean, and the list goes on uniforms. You got cars, you got business. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So but the, at the end of the day, the whole point is for me as an owner now you got to remember in 2010 i was homeless you know what i mean i was homeless i was addicted to drugs thank god you know uh, uh all of that's changed but you get somebody like that who really didn't have it that's learning it and i think the bigger the bigger picture for me and i'm just speaking for me the bigger picture for me is i genuinely love to help people like i love to help people you know what i mean and that's what drives my business and that's what drives my clients in, and they really feel that vibe in our shop like we're a family you know what i mean like you were saying joe you know in your shop that's the way my shop is and we genuinely care for each other and want to help people however at the end of the day if you're in business it's a kpi and all the kpi is is are you winning or are you losing? And how are you gauging? What key performance indicator are you using to dictate, to show your value in your business or your lack of? And Excuse that's me. just the bottom line, bro. Excuse me, man. Like the, the, the stuff you're saying is just like, I know that you're investing. At, first of all, I know you're investing because you just bought our course, right? Guys, whoever's listening, he did 1.1 million last year and he bought our course. But mm. you guys in the comments are questioning whether you should buy a course. I'm not trying to plug the course here. I'm just giving a perspective of, yo, how did you learn about KPIs? Did you learn it from someone who knows what they're talking about? Absolutely. Right? And let me ask you something. Was that person a barber? Uh, no. Exactly. I guarantee you most I, of these people listening and commenting don't even know what a KPI is. Yeah. So. Mm. Again, that, that's your key performance indicator. It's an internal gauge that you can use in your business to see how you can make more money or how you're going to lose money. And at the end of the day, what we do as barbers, right? And, and Marv, you can even back me. I mean, you, you, you're catching more barbers. My mentor, John Mosley, he's my mentor. Shout out to Popular Nobody. That's my boy, man. So me and John, when we get together, like we throw some crazy facts around, right? And, and this is the reality with barbers. Like we're so focused on what we're paying or how, how is it commission-based or booth rent? But here's the reality. When's the last time you've seen a barber promote a shampoo? Mm. When is the last time you've seen a barber promote product? When is the last time you've seen barbers really sell product? Like, what is your number that you sell in product? What does your tips look like? You know, because a tip is, what I always say is your tip is a clear indicator as to your service. So if you don't have tip money, you don't have good service. That's just period. That's just what it is. And so we're so caught up into, I, I feel like, the, the very minute things when there's so much money that we're leaving on the table as a business, as an industry, as a barber. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the, the barber industry is for everybody. Everybody can 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 make money off in this industry. And, and if you limit yourself to thinking well he doesn't know how to cut hair who gives a damn the dude knows business bro business money talks you know what i'm saying come look companies don't want some dummy companies want a person that actually has substance that has depth into their conversation and what they're talking about and the last thing they want to do is just have some good face up there representing them if you can come with numbers like that 
If you can come with numbers and you can show them, yo, I'm worth 1.1. We're worth a $5 million business. We're worth X amount of business. I mean, my boy JC Padramo at the Spot Barbershop. You know what I'm saying? These boys, when they when they bring it, they bring it. And and now, you know, I teach my barbers. I was like, look, why do you entertain barbers? Let's entertain companies. Yes. Let's get companies. Like, literally, let's get companies. Paul Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? I'm linked up with Paul Mitchell. And I don't even really even promote Paul Mitchell. You know what I mean? I'm linked up with Paul Mitchell. We're selling them. We got other gigs that are going on. I mean, some 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 crazy things that are happening that the industry has opened up. But never mind that. At the end of the day, when I go to my shop, if my barbers are not making money, if their family is not growing, if they're not growing, if they're not educated, the one thing that I always say in my shop is I don't raise and I don't I don't promote um, stupid barbers. I will not let my barbers come into my shop and leave the same way that they came, period. I don't yes. care who you are. And, and they can they can vouch for that. You know what I mean? So yes. at the end of the day, man, you know, one point one million, like like you're saying, Joe. Yes, it is money. It is money. Yes, I'm making a profit. Yes, I'm still cutting hair. But on the flip side of that, when you can validate your money, I, I own a, a construction company. It's, it's Vinny's Enterprises. I build houses. I invest in land. I go around. I use my company to build out my barbershop. So I move my money around so I can get tax write-offs. So I can, it's just plug and play, Marv. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Joe, so, you know, because I've been able to do that, my barbers are doing the same thing. They're in buying homes, buying land. They're buying, you know, they're doing all kinds of things, man. And so, you know, it, it's a cool conversation. I think it's awareness that needs to happen because for so long uh it's almost like we're going against the grain but so many people are watching us and so many people want to do that and all i'm saying is you know if i ever had a platform i would always say number one i thank god number two uh man don't don't be naive or ignorant to to the things that people are actually wanting to help you with man you know what i mean mar so again shout out to you mar for you know uh having this platform bro and and just bringing awareness and really it's just simplicity it's it's really simple don't overcomplicate you know what's what's available for you man barbers so guys let me know in the chat if you're enjoying this conversation this is a high level conversation bro this is this is this is these are the conversations I feel like we need to have you guys can let me know in the chat if you agree drop some hundred emojis drop some gems um I, I I'm super grateful that uh I'm in a position to provide this platform uh, uh to people like Vinny who only has a, a you know a thousand followers on Instagram you know and 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 and, and, and one thing I want to say with that with that idea in mind is uh, for those of you tapped in. I want you to understand you're in the small percentage of barbers right now because you're like tuned into this conversation. And most barbers aren't going to tune into this type of conversation. They're just going to go watch a blurry fade tutorial, right? But you guys are tuned into this conversation where you're hearing some ter terminology you never heard before. And you're hearing things being discussed in a way that you never heard before. So you need to uh, pat yourselves on the back for being here. You know what I'm saying? Because you could be doing a million other things, but you're here listening to this conversation uh, between me, between Joe, and between Vinny. And to reiterate the point that I, I was uh, diving into, the, I worked so hard to build my platform to get attention on me so that way I can have these high-level conversations. Bro, I don't know it all. 
Not even close. I'm learning a lot. Somebody uh, commented earlier, said, yo, Marv's soaking up all the game. You're damn right I am. <laughs> and, and and the skill set that I've developed is somebody that's been able to uh, create content, get the attention, and now the attention's on me. And now I'm like, all right, let me bring some smart people to, to be able to give the real game. Because what makes me sad is somebody will see somebody like Vinny, right? Barber, uh, J- uh, Joe's a little different. He's a barber guru. He got 100,000, right? So people, they value that, right? But we, if we were at a show right now, a barber show, and somebody came up and me and Vinny were having a conversation, this is what most barbers would do. If I was sitting there talking to Vinny and, and barbers would come up, they see me talking to Vinny and they'd want to take a picture with me. And I'd be like, yo, you got to meet Vinny. Vinny is, is crushing it right now, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that vanity metric of him only, only having a thousand followers a lot of times will make people think that he don't know what he's talking about. Right. For some reason in our industry, that 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 number of followers gives credibility to people and it takes credibility away from people in a lot of instances. Right. So what I want to challenge you guys to do is you you can't just focus on that vanity metric, bro. There's so many people like Vinny that are are in this industry, especially at these barbering events that you guys are going to go to. And so many of you will even unconsciously just blow people off. Because they don't have, they're not on the flyer, or they're not standing on the stage, or they don't, they they're not walking around with the, the sunglasses and the shiny shoes on. So you won't think to 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 say nothing to them. And I want to encourage you guys to to spark up conversations with people when you go to these barbering events, and, and spark up conversations with people like Vinny when you see him on Marvy Mars Live. Like when I pull it on the screen, I say, "Go follow Vinny. Go follow Vinny." You know what I mean? Go follow him, and and maybe he's somebody you can ultimately link in and, and connect with. You know what I mean? So um, all of that, with all that being said, I, I again, I just want to say salute to you, Vinny. And always, Joe, you know, I appreciate you. And what I'm hoping that you two at least take from this, I, I love seeing this the energy, right? I love seeing the connection. I love seeing Joe's eyes light up when Vinny started dropping terms. And I know Vinny just bought the course, so you guys are connecting. I don't know how much you guys have talked prior to this. But um, I think what, what, what is real cool is now you guys have connected in a way where I'm sure you guys are going to strategically help I- I empower the industry and elevate the industry together. So I'm excited for that. Absolutely, man. Course, I, again, man. Appreciate I appreciate it, Marvin. You know, just just add real quick a little piggyback off of that. You know, when I, I went to um, CT, Barber Expo, and this is the truth, I got in a parking lot and I seen just the energy that, of dudes that were walking in straight up. I turned right back around and caught a flight back to Texas. I didn't even want to mess with it. I went to a barber show uh, not too long ago and it was like, nobody's talking business. No one talks business, man. It's very rare. And, and, you know, when you, when you have the ability to, to jump on a live like this, man, again, I'm grateful. You know what I'm saying? My team, uh, man, my team, they're riders, man. They're like a bunch of Aussies. Straight bro, up, they you know? love you, bro. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> you know, in Houston, man, like I said, I want to bring a lot. They yeah, says well, a lot. Yeah, I want to bring awareness to Houston that as number one, a barbershop, as a team, as a unit, a barbershop, you can still grow together and do things that that that's incredible, man. But, you know, uh, more education is needed. Uh, terminology is needed. Look, I'm 41 years old. I just started school like three weeks ago, bro, going to uh, Texas A&M and College Station, man, for business. You know what I'm saying? And and so I'm steadily trying to grow and develop in, in myself. So that way, whenever I do meet somebody 
and they want to talk to me, we can give them fair game, bro. You know what I mean? So, again, you know, hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for everything. And, you know, uh, again, man, it's an honor, and I, I salute you guys, bro. Yeah, and what I will say to you too, Vinny, before you go is I, I understand your frustration when you see some of the stuff that goes goes into like the barbershop stuff, but we might need you, bro. You know what I mean? Like we, we yeah, might need you. It's, it's almost like the path, you know, uh, that I, I, I've shared with people before when they're like, you know, why do you go to some of these things? And, and I'm like, you know, regardless of how you may feel about it or I may feel about it, I always look at it like, you know, for the greater good, I walk amongst the evil, you know what I sure. mean, type of thinking. So not saying it's evil, but just saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I get you it. know what I mean? Yeah, and, I get it. and to be able to make connections with 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 the right people um, while I'm in there. So I don't know. We, we might have to get my man Vinny back at, at one of his shows. But I understand the the, the circus theatrics that you experienced, bro. Yeah, you, time, you I got to sit in the car. <laughs> you know what but, it is, man. But again, bro, I appreciate you for coming on. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great things. Um, your story in itself is super inspiring. The fact that you come from, you know, you, 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 you was down in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you've been man. able to bounce up and build a great thing where you at least got people coming on here co-signing you. You know, the same way Joe has his team on here co-signing them. And, you know, there are people that will look at you guys like, oh, you're running commission-based shops. Oh, you're thieves. You're robbing your people, you know. But at the end of the day, when you got the support that you're getting from your people, it says a lot, bro. So yeah. just keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, I'm proud it. of you. And, and thanks for uh, hopping on a live with us, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank Joe, you, bro. take care, man. We'll catch up. Absolutely, right, man. Bro. Good night. Thank right. you. Good night, bro. Yo, yo, Marv. What up, bro? How much more time you got? How much more time you got, man? I got what you need. I got as much as you need. I, I, I really want to answer some questions, if that's okay. Yeah. So, so what I would say to you too, Joe. Um, what we'll do is we'll answer some more questions. Uh, we can go. I'd say for probably we can go for another twenty minutes or so. Let's do it. Um, what what I was gonna will say to you is because you are selected as a co-host on here. When you're seeing these questions pop up, if you scroll on the questions, if you scroll on it and you go to the right, you see that star. Yep. You can you can star that and you can even show it on the screen yourself. You can do that. I awesome. I've already, uh, but I, I'll definitely start so that we could see them. Awesome. Yep. So when you see a question, because I know you see um, uh, you text me a couple of times about questions, so feel free to pull it up um on the screen if you see it and, and, and dive into it. Uh they said so keep going, going, King. <laughs> Let's get it. I know, um, I know, bro. So, but when you start it, then it, it'll be in a starred folder over there. So it's a lot easier than scrolling up to seeing a million different um, things. And I'll unstar all the other ones too. So, any questions anybody's got, just shoot them out. Um, you know, and and in the meantime, uh, what I wanted to say earlier about it's not just about like okay. So first things is you have to have the right team. Then you have to get busy enough for that right team to be making enough money, right? To, to be convinced that this is the right place that, that they should be, right? Like, as much as building is a thing, as much as building is a thing, that doesn't mean that they're going to want to build for, that they're going to want to build for that long without seeing some sort of compensation, right? So, like, you have to give them upfront compensation. And then on top of that, you got to keep it coming more and more to the point where now, okay, they're making money, but now what? Now you have to keep them happy. 
and you have to keep them motivated and you have to keep them growing. So it's, it's all about, it all starts with the interview process because if you hire the wrong person from the beginning, there's no keeping them happy, no matter what, not money, not gifts, not education, not nothing. They're just always going to be closed minded because they need to be happy with themselves first before they're happy with your company. Right? So once you got that going and, 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 and people are doing well and making money now, it's that you have to be on top of them in a good way, right? If you have a management, like we have a management team, right? They're doing monthly check-ins with their bar, with our barbers, right? For one hour, uh, t- they're always coaching our manager. I always say, I, our managers are not there to count the register and make sure everyone's on time. First of all, if you're not on time at city image, you're not going to be with us. That's for sure. So I don't need a babysitter to make sure. Oh, is this person on time? Is it? No, no, no. Like it, it, that happens a couple of times. You're gone already. Right. So like, because we, un, we value time here. So it's more about managing emotions, managing feelings, making them a better person than they were yesterday. Right. That is what leadership is. So when you're a leader in your, in your business, which a lot of times you're the owner operator, you're the manager, you're this, you're that. You have to give that up. And the only way to do that is to step away from the chair a little bit and look around and say, what is this person feeling? What is this person struggling with? Why are this person's numbers going down? It doesn't always mean they're lazy. They might be having something going on in their life, and you might have to have a talk with them about it and say, hey, is everything okay? Do you need some time away? Do you need a few days off to read? You know, is everything, is there something going on? The only way you can see that is if you step back and say, okay, now I see everything. So it's okay to take an hour a day from cutting to focus on your business, at least one hour. I start with that in our course, we say. Start with one hour. One hour turns to two. Two hours turns to a day. A day turns to two days, right? And then you start to really run your business as opposed to just cutting hair in it, right? And there's nothing wrong with cutting hair in your business, but if you're cutting 60 hours a week and you have five employees, how the hell are you going to keep them? Are you going to understand what they're going through? If all you're focusing on is the head that's in front of you. Mm. I love it, bro. And, and I would say um, one, one common mistake that I, I see we make as barbers in the industry is um, the idea that we do think from the perspective of if we're going to open a shop, a lot of times we th- we want to be able to charge the barbers as little as possible because we think by doing so we'll put them in a position to make as much money as possible. And we focus on that metric and we overlook all of that stuff that you were just saying. And one key mistake I see so many people make is thinking that, okay, well, if I open my shop and I make my booth rent low or I make my commission rate, yeah, I, they take 90, I take 10%. Um, it's, it's ultimately going to keep the barbers around and we're going to build this strong, solid team, right? And we're going to grow and we're going to take over the world. Uh, but what I've witnessed in a, a lot of instances is that no matter what the model has been, whether it be commission or booth rent, cheap booth rent, I've seen so many shop owners struggle to keep barbers longer than a year, longer than three years. If you get three years, five years out of a barber, that that at least in my experience of having a conversation with owners, that's a long time, right? So I say all that because so many of you guys think, okay, if I open the shop and I charge them cheap booth rent, I don't do commission or I do a crazy commission rate, I'm going to keep them longer. And that's not necessarily the case because barbers need more than just money we need more than that and i know you guys 
might on the surface think we don't, but we do, right? Because you eventually get to a point where you're making the, the money that's enough for you to, to, to be able to live off of. And it's, it's taking care of your responsibilities and you're feeling like, okay, I'm managing this. Sure. You want to make more, but a lot of times if when barbers leave shops, they're not always, they're not leaving because of that. Even if they identify it as that, Oh, they want to go up on boofriend or, Oh, they don't want to, but a lot of times it goes deeper than that. Even if we're not aware as barbers, we leave because we don't feel appreciated or we feel like we hit a ceiling or we feel like, you know, the owner doesn't care and we start feeling all this other stuff. And then we explain it away as, you know, eh, well, I found a cheaper booth rent. So, you know, just keep that in mind for you guys that want to open your own shops, that it's going to be more than just helping your barbers make money. Yeah, you want to put your barbers in the position to make as much money as possible, sure. But you're going to have to provide them with more. And, and when I say more, it's a lot of the stuff that Joe was saying, checking up on them, seeing if they're okay, helping them in other ways that – um, are, are, are aside from just uh, wondering if you should uh, uh, increase their percentage on commission or if you should lower their booth rent. What are you pulling up right now, Joe? I'm just pulling up an example of what we do, right? So every month our managers okay. meet with our, with their barbers for one hour. We have it blocked off, right. And already scheduled. And this is, so this was the first, this is the first, every month there's different questions. This is the first check-in of the year. We go over, you know, a whole bunch of like, obviously KPIs, like you was talking about gross pay for the previous year, what your company wide averages, what your averages, whatever. And we go through the numbers for like 10 minutes after that. There's questions. In the past year, what were some of the biggest struggles you had to overcome personally and professionally? What are your personal goals for this year? What are your professional goals? What are some things that you enjoy about working with your current team? Who in your company had the most positive influence on you this year? How do you feel about being a career barber? How do you feel about the barbershop's culture? And now we've actually tuned these down to now about five or six questions and been more like even more uh, focusing on the, on, the, on, the, on the responses more. But my, what we do is we don't just ask a question. It's not an interview, okay? Because then I could just send this to the barbers, have them fill it out, and send it back to us. This is a conversation. So if someone says, hey, you know, uh, what are your personal goals for this year? And someone says, well, I, I really want to I really want to buy a new car. You know, my car is kind of like getting old. And all right. So now the manager is trained to say, well, what – what is stopping you right now from buying a car and how can we help you? Well, I just need to, I just, you know, I'm making enough money, but I just need to figure out how to save a little more. Okay. Well, what are you doing right now to save? Not really anything. Well, can I tell you what happened? What, you know, how, what I've done in my life, I put a I, I, I contact the payroll department and I say, Hey, can you put X amount of dollars into this savings account right when I get paid? So I don't even see it. And that has helped me to save without me even thinking about it, right? Because if you have to transfer yourself and all these things, you might not. So that's one way of doing it. Another way is like, what, what are you spending money on? Oh, well, you know, I'm, I don't really spend money on much. Well, I noticed that you eat lunch every single day. You spend about $15, $20. Yeah. Have you ever thought of getting, making lunch at home and meal prepping? You know, you could probably save at like 10 to 10 to 10 bucks a day for that easily. Yeah, no, I never thought. So like a manager is there to, help them with these things, right? Not to just answer, not for them to just answer the question and be done with it. Okay. And these check-ins, what they do is they allow our managers, our leaders actually, to understand who they are working with, right? On a 
professional level and on a personal level. And we dive deep into different things. And we don't get too personal, of course, unless they want to. But then we take those answers, we record them on Google Forms, and they're saved away. And then we hold them accountable to certain things. So if someone says, I'm really trying to get fit in the next, all right, so what's the plan like for you to get fit? Well, I want to start going to the gym. Okay, how many times a week do you want to go to the gym? I want to go twice. All right, so you're, you're saying that you're going to start going to the gym twice a week. When are you going to start that? Next week. Sounds good. Next month when we meet, I'm going to ask you. So I want you to obviously be truthful, right? Because I'm here to hold you accountable. And when, when they go back, you know what? I, I actually have been going three times a week. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so what's your next goal? So it's, my point is, as leaders, their job is to continue to improve the quality of life for their, for their team outside of work and inside of work, right? So what that goes back to what I was saying. It's not just, oh yeah, you're making money, good. You should be happy. Like, no, man, it doesn't go that, it doesn't stop there. We have to be there to support our team. And, and that's what I was trying to say before. And I wanted to just get that out before we start answering questions. I love it. And and I hope you guys are, are picking up the message. Like, don't be, when you're listening to this, regardless if you, you think booth rent's better to commission, whatever the case is, right? What, what, uh, Joe's saying right now, you can apply regardless, bro. Like, you know, commission versus booth rent, that's a like a, a, a conversation that we're having. But what he's saying can be applied even if you are a booth rent um, shop owner. Um, one thing I want to pull up on the screen real quick, Joe, I want because I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Um, Jay said this. He said, I already got Mars thoughts on this. I, I, I forget where I told him this. It might have been in a DM or something. But I said, um, how do you feel about opening a shop alongside other barbers? What do you mean by that? So what he's asking is like basically, at least how I interpreted it, was – uh, having like a barber or two and you guys open the shop together. So partners. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have a few partners, right. That have, that were barbers with us and they grew to become partners. And, and what I can say is this, be careful who you partner with. And that doesn't mean that you don't trust them with money or anything. They have to have the same mindset, right? Because when they don't have the same mindset, it doesn't matter that you trust them with money and all that stuff. It's always going to be a problem. And it's going to be a constant battle that you shouldn't be have you shouldn't be battling, battling your partners. Okay? So that's the number one thing. So a lot of times people think that, "Oh yeah, let me open up with a couple barbers. We'll put our money together and we'll No, no, no. That, that doesn't that doesn't that you're you're going to go on, you're going to wind up out of business or someone's going to buy someone else out and you guys are not going to even be friends anymore at that point. That's mostly what happens. In those situations, you have to partner with people that have like, like mentality. And on top of that, everyone has to have a role. If everyone's just cutting hair and opening up a shop, then what, what are you opening a partnership for? What's everyone's role? Okay, what do you specialize in? What do I specialize in? What does this person specialize in? Again, together, can we work, can we work as a whole to really, to really grow our barbershop, right? And, and partnering, I mean, other, alongside maybe one other person, you start partnering with too many people and that you're all in the same shop might be a problem. You know, it might be a problem. I just think personally, and, and you can tell me your thoughts on this too. I don't even think you should be thinking about partnership at all for the first shop. Uh, I I would, I, so it depends, right? It depends. If you're with city image, like Ozzy's thinking about partnership, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but you're, 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 I mean, from the, like, so right. me, me and you are working in a shop. Gotcha. Together. 
You know what I mean? And it's like we both are thinking, you know, how typical barbers think, well, why are we paying this man all the commission in the booth? We can just open our own. I don't think it's even close to worth it. Uh, for to open uh, a single shop and have a partner in it, especially if it's booth rent commission, it could be different, right? Because you know, them numbers get a little bit higher, <laughs> but yeah. for booth rent, I, I think, I, I no, think it's a I, terrible idea. I agree. It has to be, it has to be partnership for the right reasons and the right reason should never be money. Yeah. If you're partnering with somebody just like I have, I have that question a lot, you, but we've had tons of people, clients, barbers that say, how much money do you need to partner? How much? It's, it's not about the money, man. Like, I need to know who you are. There's been times where we have helped our partners, even if they didn't have money to start up, you know, to, for certain things. We've done that before. Like, it's, it's not about the money. It's who are you as a person? How are you going to contribute to this relationship or do you have the main, right mindset? And we've had partners in the past that unfortunately didn't work out for that reason no. because we went into it for the wrong reasons, right? If you're not prepared to open your first shop and be able to take on that responsibility as your own, you're not ready to open a shop, bro. Like You're not ready. That's just – it's like – because the, the mind frame is just, yo, bro, like why are we paying this? Yeah. We just split the – we could split the bills and then split the profit. And it's, it's just not the right mindset to – to try to enter that world from bro, especially yeah. if you're doing booth rent. Cause what is going to be crazy is in most instances, we're not educated uh, in the business realm enough to yeah. really run the numbers and understand what we're doing. So then what happens is we partner up, we say we're going to yeah. do a five chair shop and charge a hundred dollars booth rent. And we don't even know how much the, the lease is going to be or the expenses are going to be and all of this stuff. And then what happens is everything's harmonious at first because we're coming up with the name together. We're picking out the chairs together. We're picking out the signs together. We're in there painting together. We get to do the post together, take the picture together. And then it's all beautiful. And then three months pass and six months pass and a year pass. And and next thing you know, you're like, wow, there ain't. They, one of us is doing a lot more work than the other one, or one of us gets in a completely different spot in life. Maybe one of us gets a, 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 a partner and now we're in love where we were single or we have, now we have a kid on the way, or maybe we're just going through something, right. And all this stuff starts changing. So then what can often happen, which I've seen a lot is then all the responsibility falls on one person a lot more than the other and clear roles weren't defined from the beginning. So nobody really knows what they're responsible for. And then at at the end of the month, barbers are looking at the total profit, which in a lot of instances is not a lot. And now it's like, okay, now we got to split this. And then barbers start to feel resentment towards each other. Cause it's like, all right, well I'm doing all the work and now I've got to split these peanuts and then it leads to a lot of unsaid tension and resentment and ultimately can end very, very bad. So it, it, is that going to happen in every scenario? No, there's always going to be the exceptions to that and the anomalies and the, the partnerships that are just straight up har- harmonious. But I've seen that story and heard that story so many times, man. So I say that because if you're in a spot where you're thinking about opening your own shop and you're opening up your your own one shop, like Tim said, I've literally witnessed this whole thing. I'm telling you, I've seen it hundreds of times. If you're in a spot where you want to open your own shop, and in most instances, you're just going to be a lot better off going in at that on your own first. And then as you want to uh, scale and, and start to uh, open up more and things like that, and coming across different people that you're linking with, 
maybe then consider the um, the partnership. Uh, Joe, what are you making that face for? Bring it up. What we got? What do I got to bring up on the screen? I'm just trying to understand what the heck this comment means. But Which one? I, I, I don't want to waste. I I, I don't want to shed light on comments that don't. That I want to answer questions, but comment Joe was giving a stink face. I'm like, trying to, I'm trying to understand what he's saying here. Okay, point blank. If you are a licensed barber, then you want to prove yourself. Don't take long to get bodies. Uh, okay, let me read it. Let me let me try to understand it. Hold on, let me try. Okay, point blank. If you are a licensed barber and you went to school and proved yourself, don't take long to get bodies to work for you and convince them to keep you long enough to bank game. So, I, I, what what I interpret him saying is, as long as you go to barber school and you get nice with it, and you want to open up your shop. According to him, barbers are just going to be knocking at your door to come work with you and, and run the bag up with you. That's what I, I'm getting from him. Um, I, I, I mean, that, that's not how it works. Um, uh, that's not how how it works. But I, that's what I'm getting from him. Or maybe he's talking about getting more clients. Maybe maybe he could maybe he could explain a little more yeah. while we move on to a que- a couple questions. Um, you got another uh, one you wanted to bring up? Did you see? Well, I, I started a bunch of questions. So is 50-50 an ideal commission rate? This is a question that gets asked a lot, right? And yes, ideally 50-50 is what you want to start at. But the thing is that it might be what we – so what we teach in our our course and what has helped us to grow is you have to give some sort of guaranteed pay up front, right? You just have to because the problem is – let's paint a picture here. You go to hire a barber, right? And a lot of times – here's the issue. Business owners like to sell lies to – they're interviewers because they're thinking to themselves of how much they could make. And that's what they tell them as opposed to how much they're realistically going to make in the beginning, especially. Right. You mean to tell me they'd be like, yo, bro, you come work for me. You about to make 20 K a month doing 20 clients a week, two fifty a cut. That's That's what you scale that way. And then drop me in the chat. Shout out to all of y'all. I know some of y'all are in here and I appreciate y'all. And I love you guys. I told you I'm trying to empower (laughs) y'all. So, yeah. So, so I'm not not even going to comment on that. (laughs) So that's the problem is that they don't do that, right? So they have to. So, and, and it's uh, the business owner's responsibility to build a chair. I, tr- I own 10 of them. So I am saying, if I'm saying it as a, 10 per, as a 10 shop owner, that it's my responsibility to make my barbers busy, then you, if you own one shop with three barbers, you should be saying the same thing too, okay? But unfortunately, we think that it's the barber's responsibility and blah, 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 whatever. So- the point of the fact of the matter is when you're when you're interviewing someone and you're offering them a job and you're telling them how much they could make, you're giving them a false sense. But if you tell them what they're absolutely going to make, a lot of times in the beginning it's not as much, and that might not get them to come over to you from wherever they are. So you have to give them security. You have to make them know, like, hey, listen, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars per week to start, plus a commission. And then we'll work from there. Six months later, you'll be reevaluated for a higher percentage in commission, right? And at that point, you probably won't even need to get you won't even need the guarantee anymore. But it'll be there just in case. Okay. So you're giving them like a a, a, a salary, a, a base base pay, gotcha. base pay hourly, whatever you want to call it. And it's a it's a in our in our for us, it's competitive. It's between eight hundred to a thousand dollars a week base plus. Now, I'm not saying for everybody to do that. What I tell course members and anybody that I coach, I say, listen. Think about how much that chair is going to make no matter what. 
right? What is that chair going to make no matter what? Oh, I think probably $900 a week. Okay. So can you offer 800? No, that's crazy. I'll be losing money. No, you won't. You just said that the chair will make 900. So that means you're breaking even technically. And if you didn't hire that person, those clients probably wouldn't have been able to be serviced because your other barbers are too packed. So now you're giving this person $800 a week guaranteed pay. And now they're not stressed out when they're trying to build, because if they're stressed out that they can't pay their bills and they think that they made the wrong decision when they're one week later and they're still not busy, that's going to feed off to the clients. It's going to feed off to the other barbers. And eventually they're either going to leave you or you're going to want to fire them because they're going to have a bad attitude, right? But if you're giving them a sense of security and saying, hey, this is what I'm going to give you no matter what. And now let's build upon that. I don't want you to be at the level that you're at now. I want you to be double this, triple this. But for now, this is what you're, this is what you're getting no matter what, just in case. And it has helped our course members. It's helped us, of course, to really gain a footprint in the areas that they're in because nobody else is doing that. Barbershop owners are not willing to give anything unless you're cutting it. 50-50, market yourself. Like, no, bro, this is a new this is a new environment for them. Why not make it positive for them so that they can succeed as opposed to making it negative for them right off the bat and then firing them because you're mad that they're negative or then them quitting on you, and then you got to start. It costs you more money to replace an employee than to keep a employee happy. That's for sure. So 50-50 is ideal commission to start. However, you should give a guaranteed pay, and that guaranteed pay should be whatever you can afford. Okay, as much as you can afford, and say, okay, this is what it's gonna. This is what the chair is gonna make. I know for a fact it's gonna make. It's gonna do a thousand a week. You know what? Let me offer them seven hundred. Let me offer them eight hundred. Let me offer them. Hey, if you think it's going to make seven hundred a week, let me offer them five hundred. What can you offer to start them off so that then they can build? And not to mention, and not to mention, and not to mention, now you hold them accountable even more because now they can't sit here and say like, bro, not for nothing. Like, I'm I'm not getting paid. No, 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 no. You are getting paid. You are getting paid now. So now when they want to leave a little early because they don't have any appointments at the end of the day, no, you're not leaving early because that's not how you build. And guess what? You can't get upset because you are getting paid technically to sit in that chair and wait for a client to book you. So that is that is what I would say. And I, I do love the, uh, like I was going to say, Tyler says, guarantee pay changes the game for hiring. And no, I got to be honest, bro. Like I, I – I never considered that until more recently hearing it. You know what I mean? I you I don't think you were the first person I heard it from, but you're one of the first people I heard that from, right? This is a newer concept that even I'm aware of because, you know, when you're thinking of uh, when people are always asking, you know, what, how can you find barbers? How do you hire barbers? What do you, incentives do you offer them? The one common thing I've always heard was give them free booth rent for a month. Right. Or, or let them cut for free for a month today, build their clientele and then put them on whatever rate. Right. I, I've heard that numerous times, but I never uh, again until recently heard uh, give them a base pay. And, and I agree with what Tyler said. Given the guarantee pay changes the game. Tyler, Tyler's one of our one of our he's in our coaching program. He's been here for over a year. His business has gone up. Hey, Tyler, I did the numbers. I did them wrong when we spoke. His business has gone up 70 one percent since being with us okay since the beginning of the year sorry and then the reason is is because he has hired people right to be and maximize their their how busy they are by giving them a guaranteed pay to start and the guaranteed pay hasn't been touched in a very long time in a long time in the beginning yeah but he never lost money because they were at least cutting the amount that he was giving i want to answer this question um 
And I want to answer by showing something I put together. There, there are 200 people in the room. There's only 35 likes. Yo, facts, bro. Yo, y'all better hit the like button. Hit some likes. Spam, spam the likes. Let's get it up. We should at least get it up to whatever minus the 35. We should have some some more um, likes. And here's what I want to say before Joe snaps and goes in again, guys. <laughs> it can be a challenge to really value information when you're getting it for free. Right. Like you guys are on a YouTube live. You didn't pay a single cent to be here. So just uh, human nature is to not really value things like they should be valued when they're given to us for free. So what I will say to you, like I like to say a lot of different times to people when they tap in is imagine that you paid ten thousand dollars to be on this call right now. Believe it or not, there are people who are in mastermind groups, um, who are in in, in different um, mentorship circles and things like that, who are spending uh, a lot of money to tap into conversations like this one, right? And you guys are getting it for free. So, so just imagine that you spent ten thousand dollars on this. Because think about it: if you spent ten thousand dollars on this. Uh, uh, you're going to be a lot more likely to really zero in and pay attention, right? You're going to be a lot more likely to take notes. You're going to be locked in. And most importantly, you're going to be a a lot more uh, prepared to implement this stuff because you're not going to want to feel like you wasted your money, right? So don't just look at this as it's a free YouTube live. Trick yourself, trick your brain and say, you know what? I just spent $10,000 to tune into that conversation and watch how different um, the, the, your results could be as you yep. implement this stuff. And yep. Joe, you got the screen shared, and if I felt right. like I was going through some vortex or something right there, what was <laughs> that <bad>. about? <laughs> so I just want to show this. I put this together real quick before we, because what happens is because we have separate LLCs for all our locations, it's hard to have a complete PNL for all the locations. I get that at the end of the year, but I, I, I got a gist of it right. So I put this together. You, if you, if you guys want to say this is a lie, then that's then that's stupid because I haven't shown any lies so far, right? And this is probably actually underestimated to be honest with you. Total payroll weekly is sixty five thousand dollars a year. Right, payroll tax is ninety seven hundred in a year. That payroll is three point three million dollars in payroll that we're spending. Our yearly rent is three hundred thousand. Somebody asked the question, "What is your rent?" So if you really divide that on an average, divide by ten, that three hundred thousand divided by uh, ten. Yo, got the calculator on hand. He ain't playing, bro. The average, the average rent is about twenty five hundred dollars. Some are a little higher. Some is a tiny bit lower. But we're in northern New Jersey. Okay, which is very close to New York City. And for what we're getting for 2,500 is a small square footage. We don't have really big shops. We have like seven, 800 square feet to 1,000 square feet. We don't have really big shops. If you want a big shop like that in northern New Jersey, you're spending about five, six grand easily per month. Okay. So next, credit card processing fees. We've been 120. $20,000 a year in credit card processing fees at least, and we have a really good rate. Software. Our software for us to run our company, right, which is booking systems, which is our rewards system, which is a company that we use just for reviews, which someone asked the question of how do you get a new shop busy? Reviews are huge, and I'll show you how we do that. Uh, so yearly, our software alone is 84000 Just what we need to run our – like just to run mo- – to run our business, you know – 
And I'm sure I'm missing some stuff there. Our holiday party, we spend about $15,000 a year for a holiday party because we really, we invite, we tell the staff to invite their plus ones. It's food, it's open bar, it's dancing, it's awards. I mean, we don't hold any expense because that's the end of the year where every year after year we do better and better and we want our employees to really feel happy. And any of the employees that are in this chat, I can guarantee you that they all love the holiday party and they have a great time. And we even give them the next day off to recover. Uh, holiday, <laughs> holiday gifts cost us about 12 thousand sometimes even more you know depending on the gift we do barber boxes every quarter we give out barber boxes and 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 they're about fifty dollars worth of stuff per box you know and we fill it with a whole bunch of different things between education this and that that costs us ten thousand dollars a year our ai phone system our barbers don't pick up the phone unless someone says i want to speak to a barber we have a phone system that's all artificial intelligence when they when they say i want to book an appointment it sends them a text message within one second it's so fast and then they click on that text message and they book an appointment our phone calls went from 15 to 15 to 20 calls for each location per day to about three three to five at most now that gives barbers more time to dedicate to their clients and not picking up the phone constantly right so that's twenty four thousand dollars a year just in that, right? Videography and photography, this is definitely lower than what it is. I just got a bunch of invoices together, but it's about 18000 a year just for that, right? Marketing, $25,000 a year, and we don't do much of it. And that's, you see, it's, it's, it's already 25000 Our operations coordinator on the back end, he doesn't cut hair. You know, he's that's $52,000 right there, and he's underpaid, to be honest with you. So my point is, and, and I can go on and on and on. There's a lot of things. Actually, this is right when you called me to start the live, so I had to stop. But look at how many expenses right here, just in how we operate our business. And I understand that that's not what you guys can need to do. But to say that we're robbing our barbers when it costs this much for us to operate our business, I hope I really showed proof here that it's not true. And then talking about reviews, look at the comprehensive reviews uh, uh, that we put a uh, uh, sheet that we put together. We track five-star reviews with the barber's name, five-star reviews with no name and a bad review. Bad review to us, by the way, is three stars or less. Four or five stars is considered a good review, right? And, and we encourage our barbers to get their names on reviews. We want barbers. We put ourselves out there. We send text messages after every single appointment to give reviews. We don't shy away from it. We're not scared of getting that bad review. But guess what? Over 5,000 five-star reviews and we average 4.9 stars across 10 locations. That is not easy okay that is not easy and i attribute that to our team doing what they're supposed to do believing in the system believing that it works and our clients are great to leave us these reviews we're not getting our friends i don't know you can't have five thousand friends leave reviews right so obviously these are real clients that are leaving reviews do we have bad ones every now and then absolutely we're not perfect but then it's what you do with those bad reviews that help to change your business you might find certain things out from these bad reviews to help you coach your barbers of course are there clients sometimes that you just can't please and you know it is what it is unfortunately you do your best but for the most part 4.9 stars across all locations i mean that's not easy to do right so but the work that's put in each shop and this is this you know we change the names just for this live but each shop and each barber name is up along the top you're getting per shop and then because they need to know how shop is getting and and the more reviews you get the better you rank on the better you rank on google and all that so i know it was a mouthful i answered a couple questions in one and it's just to show you that we're not sleeping here 
Okay, we're not collecting checks and hanging out at the beach and on the golf course. We're working, right? This doesn't happen by itself. We need a team, and we're working still. I'm working. Look, it's 11.30 at night, and I'm still talking about barbering. I'm not even a barber. Could you imagine that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Barbers, yo, I love it. Um, uh, what was it? Where's she at? Uh, Niza, Niza, not a barber. Uh, hey, I'm gonna pick this up. Not a barber. Yeah, he just he's just he's trolling. You he know, wa- he wants some one thing you gotta recognize too, Joe. Yeah, yeah, what you know, troll, you know, we be trolling, you know what I mean? And he, it's just yeah, he's just trolling, yeah, yeah. so he's I'm having fun in the comment time. section. Yeah. Yeah. Let him let him get some shine. But Nisa said, uh, she said, uh, Joe, you're overloading people's brains right now. Too many gems. <laughs> um just, love what you do, Joe. Fire emojis. Love it. Um, teach him, Joe. So so here's what I'll say to you guys. All right. We could go all night with this. This is what's what's cool about these type of conversations, man, is when you find yourself in them, you realize that um you you get inspired and you find this energy that it, it it I don't even know where it comes from, right, Joe? Like we could just do this all night. We can give value all night, help barbers all night, right? Um, but what what I will say is I, I think we gave them we gave them a lot. So I want to say a couple things. Number one, if you feel like you got a lot of gems from this conversation, drop spam the chat with a bunch of gems. That's first. Secondly. If you want to see me and Joe have more conversations, um, secondly, say, let us know you want us to have more conversations. Eric said, bro, I can hear this all night. All right. Um, Other things, a couple other things. Let's do the housework real quick. Make sure you follow the Barber Guru on all social media platforms. All right. Subscribe to this channel. If you haven't done so already, if you're loving these type of conversations, there's a lot more to come. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And also take a screenshot and share this to your story. Tag me in it at Smarby Marv and tag at the Barber Guru in it. All right. Let let us know some of your thoughts. Let the people know that this was a high level conversation. That's for one. For two, then books Joe was just holding up. What he's going to do is he's going to pick three people who take a screenshot and share to their story. He's going to pick three of you guys to send these books. Um, it's the owner's mindset and hold up the other one so they can see. And and it's the team builder edition as well to help you guys as owners and uh, team builders for the barbershop. He's going to pick three people to send both of those books to. And uh, we're also we're running a couple promos tonight. Right. So um, when you take a screenshot, share to your story, what's going to happen is we'll send you the link um, to be able to to take the online barbershop owner masterclass. This is a, a class that Joe for these videos, he normally sells. Uh, they're a thousand dollars for the whole program. Um, he's doing a crazy special offer for you guys. Where it's only um, it's a one-time payment of one ninety-seven. All right. So if you guys just want to sign up for it, the link is in the description of this video, but again, uh, we'll make sure that uh, we'll get you the info. Um, in your inbox, uh, if you sh- screenshot and tag me in, um, at the Barber Guru in it. We're going to try to hit a bunch of you guys back tonight. Um, I would say the latest we respond to you is tomorrow. So if you're trying to get signed up immediately, the fastest thing you could do, guys, is um, is go 
to the description of this video and you'll see the link and click it to sign up. So yeah, I see you, you want to, is there something you want to answer real quick or something you want to say, Joe? I just want to say this. Uh, I just want to end it with this. I, my, the, again, the biggest reason the, the for this live was to address the fact that we need to elevate as an industry. And the only way to do that is to hang around people who are elevating themselves. If you're looking around you and you are with a bunch of barbers who have the same stupid mentality of individualization and I don't want to make more I don't want to give more money to the owner but meanwhile you're only making 5 600 a week and you don't even know what you're making cuz the cash is going in your pocket and burning a hole right through and at the end of the week you don't even know how to pay for your chair rental if you're a barber that's figuring out even how to pay chair rental at the end of the week well I can tell you right now you're in the wrong place right you need to start reevaluating yourself and saying who, who's around me? Is it the same people talking about the same shit all the time? Or do I need to level up and go to the places where people are successful? Right. And that is what I'm talking, whether there's a ton of chair rental barbershops that are successful. I understand that. I know that, right. That's not, I'm not saying that every single shop needs to be commissioned. What I'm saying is whether it's chair rental, whether it's commission, the level needs to be raised. The bar needs to be raised. And the only way for that to happen is to raise it as a whole. Because let me tell you this. Customers don't know how you get paid. They don't give a shit how you get paid. All they know is that they don't value you as a barber. And you don't even value yourself as a barber. Because you're saying to yourself, how the hell can we charge 60 and a half hour? The cuts must be trash. The this must that. The, no, no, no. That means that you have been brainwashed by the industry to think that you're not even worth it. And that's sad in itself because I can guarantee you if every barber got together and said, I'm going to do better, I'm going to hang around great people, I'm going to elevate the industry with, all, with everyone together, and I guarantee you that we will eventually raise that bottom line faster and faster. When I was 17 years old, my haircut was 20. There's shops in my area that are still charging 25. I was 17 years old 21 years ago. No, sorry. Yeah, 20 years ago. Well, no, 21. Okay. <laughs> so in 21 years, I lost track of my it only too. went up $5. You understand the problem there? So this is what I'm saying. It, whether chair rental, commission, you need to, we need to all elevate the industry because you're going to find yourself always sitting around the same broke barbers thinking you're cool that you won, you won because you're not giving that much money to the owner. But meanwhile, the commission barber is driving by you while you're hanging out outside the shop, not cutting. He's driving by you in his nice car, pulling up to his beautiful brand new house to see his family at six o'clock at night, ready for dinner because he made his money during normal business hours. And you're waiting for your first client to get there at six and you're leaving at 11 or 12 and you're still not making the money that person's making because of your mindset. Sorry. Sorry, guys. My dog is telling me we need to hurry up and get them. The dog was saying that's facts, bro. He's, He's over it. Facts. That's what he was saying. He's over it. So that's all I'm saying. I, we want to elevate the industry at City Image. I know Marv does as well. And there's a few of us. I hate the word influencers. So there's a few of us on social media that really, truly want to elevate the industry and are not just doing it for our own agenda. Everyone has an agenda. Of course, I would love for you guys to sign up for the course. I would uh, obviously, you know, it's nothing. You know, we can't do everything for free. But the fact of the matter is everything I just did right now was free. Every, every single piece of content I put out is free. Take it and use it to your advantage to keep elevating.
That's it. Yeah, and if you think you got value from this conversation, just imagine the type of value you're going to get from the program where he's packaged exactly how they've been able to do what they're doing for the city image company. And he's giving like, you're getting all of that. But I, I know so many of you are like, yo, I want to be a, yo, Joe, can I pick your brain, bro? Here's your I, I get it. Always, always here's your- question. I constantly get. Yep. So here's your opportunity. So guys, again, um, we're about to wrap it up. So take a screenshot. If you haven't already share this to your story, let us know your thoughts. Definitely make sure you tag me in it at it's Marvy Marv and tag Joe in it. Um, at the Barber Guru. For those of you who came on late that missed some of this, don't worry. You're going to be able to run it back. It's going to be live on the channel. Um, uh, make sure you guys pick up those books Joe was telling you about, his books. And um, make sure you uh, take advantage of the promos we're doing with the courses tonight. So be on the lookout for that um, in your inbox. Joe, I appreciate you spending three hours with me, bro. <laughs> and we could I, probably do three more. <laughs> I, I know I could, but, you know. Yeah, but because and, and here's the thing, guys. The reason why, to understand this, the reason why when Joe says he, he could do another three and he means it, and when I say I could do another three and I mean it, is because we're just trying to give y'all as much as we possibly can. And there's so much that we want to say that we haven't said, but guess what? We just got to save that for the next one. All right, guys. So, um, we uh, we appreciate all of you guys for tapping in. Uh, Joe, I think I speak for all of the people when I say we appreciate you coming on the platform and, and giving so freely without holding back. Um, we're grateful for you. And, uh, Joe, we'll be in touch, bro. Keep grinding, homie. Likewise, man. Thank you so much for having me on, as always. Take care. Barbers! Everybody. We'll tap in with you soon. <laughs>